The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to the Keeping It Strong Style Podcast, and it is the best. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From the Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here With the young boy Josh Smith And Rich Latta from One Nation Radio. On today's show, we're reviewing the New Japan Cup Finals and Dominion, answering your questions and covering all its news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. You can check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting SocialSuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. And this week's episode is brought to you... By Manscaped, oh <laughs> who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology and developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUPLEX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SUPLEX. Like you heard our man Rich Lada, he has the Manscaped on deck. At all Yo, times, Rich, ready to go. You, you, yes, you broke, I you broke the gimmick. gimmick out. You brought it out way too soon. You <laughs> in the middle of the match, not in the beginning. <laughs> you know, I, I prefer to, to come with the gimmick ready to go right away, ahead of time, ahead. not waiting to the last minute. You know, just you know, as soon, as soon as I see the first sign of trouble, you know, just you know, just <laughs> and, and, and get it cleaned up. You know, fresh area. He, he heard Manscaped had to get ready. So, eh. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, it was like it was like you were triggered or something. He's like Manscaped. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rich, you know, it's I great. Got to bring the laughter, you know, because I don't, I don't know if we're gonna be laughing too much more this show. <laughs> But Rich, it's, it's great to have you back on, man. Uh, we were supposed to have you on about a month, about a month ago now, I think. For we we're going to do the elite Amazing. voting, but New Japan came back, and so we held you off for a big show. And here we go. Boy, <laughs> we could have picked a better time to uh, to show back up. I, I I see New Japan knew I was going to come on here and talk about the glory days and the good days of the elite. So they moved their entire company around to. Erase me from coming on, uh, and I've, I've been sitting on that thought for about a month now. So uh, I'm glad to be here. Haven't been on in a while, and uh, you know, ha- happy. Hopefully, the listeners are happy to have me back. 
<laughs> so the funny thing is like uh i forgot that that rich was even supposed to be on a few weeks ago i i didn't ask you on because of that i asked you on because i've been like kind of been sitting here thinking like i don't even know if i want to do this episode <laughs> <laughs> and i was like if we're gonna do it we should at least like make it as fun as possible the funnest episodes we do are with rich so i was like at least at least it'll be funny at least that like god <laughs> yeah man um yeah, what a wild weekend to say, to say the le- the least for um, our our folks in the land of the rising sun. Yeah, so we got a lot to dive into today. New Japan Cup Finals Dominion. We have tons of questions from the mailbag. Oh, and, this this is the most questions we ever had. Yeah, and as we kind of go through the reviews for the undercard tag matches, we're not going to even review those. We're just going to talk about the results and then kind of move on to. The big matches and big talking points. Can I take a very brief moment and like say a disclaimer? Yeah. Okay. So we've gotten the most questions we've ever been asked on a single episode, more than any other landmark moment, more than any of the big matches, any of the big angles, surprise title wins, you know, G1s have come and gone, Wrestle Kingdoms. This is it. Like, and I feel like we're gonna have a lot of listeners who are listening, maybe for the first time, even a lot of longtime listeners. I just want everyone to know this. How many this is episode 137? We've been doing this for almost three years now. I would like to say this is probably one of, if not the most positive New Japan podcast that exists out there because we're passionate about this. But because we are passionate about it, we have to give our honest, unbridled truthful accounts of everything that we believe is happening has happened and will happen so what that means is fair warning you may disagree with some of the viewpoints that we share during this episode (laughs) and i i don't want you to i don't want you to get the idea that we are negative nancy's or just like some uh some i don't know some negative shills or whatever it is nah dude we've been here for 137 weeks and i think like our level of criticism is very minuscule compared to the praise we give this company. But you're probably, if you're a diehard, like New Japan, like diehard fan, you might hear some things in this episode that you are not going to be appreciative of if you're not honest with yourself about what has happened, what is going to be happening. So I just want that to be thrown out there. Don't leave just because of our opinions on this one. Cause I'm sure hopefully as long as they get their act together, this will pass. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> well, and if not, we already got your download, kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want to start off. So we had fans back in the building for the New Japan Cup final and Dominion. Osaka Joe Hall, one-third capacity. Um, a little bit over 3,000 people in the building for both nights. And Those we're, weren't fans. Those were clappers. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Playing. One of those clappers were one of our uh, loyal listeners and somebody always uh, sending questions every week. Reddit user PSAN91. He says, I was there live at both New Japan Cup Finals and Dominion. What did you guys think about the lack of name calling? I think being there the first night, it led to a strange atmosphere and in the undercard, but people got it together for the upper end of the card and main event, of course. I also noticed the next day at Dominion, people had figured out better ways to use the claps, like when the wrestlers were punching or slapping back and forth, they were timing their claps. 
Also, the attendance was slightly higher for Dominion. New Japan Cup final was 3,300 and Dominion was 3,800. So even the extra 500 people made for an atmosphere, a better atmosphere, I felt. Anyway, my question is, do you think this kind of time clapping for the wrestlers will be the norm going forward? Or at some point, do you think New Japan will allow people to do chanting and name calling again at future shows? Um, I guess my thought on it is uh, it, it's obviously a completely different atmosphere when there's people just clapping as as opposed to emoting with their voice, whether that's yay, a nay, a boo, or a cheer. Uh, so it wasn't quite the same, but it was definitely a million times better than the banging of the boards that they do over the performance center. So Good they God. at least had that going <laughs> for them. Yeah, um, it was a little awkward watching it because uh, you would hear the claps, but then like nothing behind them. So uh, I, I think you know it, every so often you would hear like a cat call or some something one off, and that me I would take the cat call as like a, a super sign of uh, of a strong reaction. At this point, you kind of have to. Uh, I think eventually New Japan will you know get to get to letting fans uh, you know call call their names it seems like they're way ahead of the curve especially compared to the united states and how we're handling this thing and they'll be back to normal before we know it yeah i thought it was uh, definitely better than playing empty arena and better than you know pcers banging on the pexi glass and i liked the second day especially like during the show and shingo match where they were clapping with the chop i thought that was cool and kind of added to the atmosphere of the match um and I can tell, man, they were struggling. Like, you know, Kojima does his cheer, and normally they repeat after him, and Yano's trying to yeah. make, make, make people laugh. And I'm sure, like, people were so, like, you know, tempted. They, like, Ugh, and go along and cheer with it. <laughs> and I heard, like, on the second night, like, they made an announcement, like, over the PA, like, you you cannot cheer, like, during this show. And so, yeah, that must have been really, like, hard and awkward to just, you know, be at a show and just clap, but it definitely, I think it added to the show. It definitely was weird in some points. Also, you, you can't, you don't want to clap for a heel, so that you know that was a little bit awkward and right, like, yeah, <laughs> left some dead silence. I mean, I mean I hats people off would to like stop more or something, but I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say like hats off to the company, you know, for taking the initiative and enforcing that, and you know, also congrats to the fans in, atten- in attendance because. They didn't step outside those parameters. I'm pretty. I I know for a fact in America, you literally could not enforce that rule. People would not listen to it. Like it just. There's a different That's culture. Right of free speech. <laughs> yeah, like that would I never happen. Say something stupid like that. The only thing I will say though is like uh, what you're saying, Rich. Like you you're saying it's gonna get back to normal. Like I hope it does. But you know, I actually think until with how cautious the company's been. You know, mm-hmm. there has been a slight uptick of cases uh, recently in Japan, and I'm not saying that this will or won't add to that. But I think until like we actually see an eradication, I don't know how. I don't think that they don't seem like they're playing games with this at all. Like I don't think until there's like an actual like, uh, what's it called, like a vaccine. I don't. I don't know if they're going to be letting people cheer or not. Man, they're gonna have to give people like little um little devices as they walk in with like blue <laughs> buttons button on them, like like a little keychain. Yes. And they they all if everyone hits at the same time, it'll be like a boo. Bro. Yo, there's the next merch idea. You heard it here first. Uh no, no, no. NJBW shop. Amazing. No, don't tell New Japan. This is our idea. Okay, so what it'll be? It'll be they a, have like, to buy a, this from us. Yes. It'll be a sound device that we come up with. You can pre-record five different things into it. And you record your voice saying five different things, and you can hit each button. It'll correspond. 
Oh my gosh. Come out with an app or something. Yes. Well, you can download this app right on your phone for a, a simple $99.99, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. This entire episode is copyrighted, so anyone who's listening, you cannot take our idea. <laughs> <laughs> we will sue you. Uh, so, yeah, so we had fans back. And so now, yeah, let's dive into New Japan Cup Final and Dominion. And of course, as usual, Watch both of these shows using the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com. With features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much, much more. It takes your NJPW World experience to the next level. You can visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. So, New Japan Cup Final. Opened up with Great Bash Heel, Togi Makabe, and Tomioka Hanma defeating Yotosuji and Yuyamura at 9 minutes and 15 seconds. Then we had Tenkoji, Hiroshi Tenzon, and Satoshi Kojima defeating Gabriel Kidd and Hiroki Goto at 9 minutes and 57 seconds. And now the next match we definitely are going to talk about. We had the in-ring debut of Master Watto as he defeated Doki at 7 minutes and 46 seconds. Had a question here from the Discord from EMJ Does PR. He wants to know, is Master Watto RLPW certified? Yes. Yes, the master <laughs> is. His name is Grandmaster. And you can't call yourself Grandmaster and not be certified in some area. He just happens to have, uh, you know, uh, you know, taking to the air, whether it's, you know, diving outside the ring, you know, flipping back inside the ring. I am a lover of flips. I am a lover of, of fast movement. I am a lover of, of explosive, you know, energy within the ring. I bow at the feet of Master Watso. <laughs> you should too. Yo, I am all in on Master Watto. I don't care about the look or, or the gimmick. <laughs> This man opened up the match for a uh, tornillo uh, plancha. I, I was yeah. I was hooked. <laughs> you know, I, I like that kick he does, where it's kind of like a trouble in paradise. But his his seems like it's like a little bit more stiff, and uh, his finisher is pretty dope too. I th- I think I figured out what uh, Watto is the grandmaster of stealing other people's dope ass moves <laughs> that's what he did in this match he all, he literally like was like all right i'm gonna take your cool move i'm gonna take your cool move oh aj i'm gonna take your cool move and then he just put it all together and it's like okay i get it so but maybe uh, he's also, friends with brian cage or something i don't know yeah no brian cage bro brian cage is like the grand grandmaster of that. yeah yeah <laughs> big homie but, uh, grandmaster this was uh, actually pretty great, you know. Um, I don't know about the long-term direction of Master Watto or anything of that nature, but in a vacuum, him and Doki was really good. Uh, I thought that Doki actually had a pretty good showing for himself as well, and uh, they kept it short. They kept it entertaining. It was fast-paced. Um, a lot of people probably didn't know what to make of Watto at first, but he very quickly got the crowd and all the claps behind him. Seven minutes, 46 seconds. He put this uh, geek Doki with the bent pipe away, and, uh, you know, we keep it rolling. Like, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I really like his offense. He was doing, you know, the bicycle knees. We mentioned the, the tornado at the beginning. His finisher is a spiral tap, which is awesome. And I forgot that when he was a young lion, he used the Trouble in Paradise as his, like, young lion finish because he was, like, head of the class. Yeah, he did. So I popped when he did that. 
my my whole thing with Watto was like, you know, he doesn't look. It, it's sort of like this. Like you had this childhood friend, you grew up together, and you you, you were best friends, and then you lost touch, and you run into each other years ago, and you don't look the same, you don't sound the same, but then you start hanging out, and you're like, oh, they're the same person, and they grew <laughs> up. That's Master Watto. Like he looks different, but once I started wrestling, I was like, oh, that's just Harai. That's Harai Kawato. Like I remember, yeah, yeah. He, he was dope. Like yeah. His, um, we always heard about like the mixed reviews he would get in CMLL or sometimes bad reviews, but it's amazing what uh, being back in your home country and speaking the language and you know uh, and being in your own kind of wrestling environment does. Uh, and it's just another you know example of like these excursions. Sometimes they are not a reflection of reality. Well, that's you know, and uh, you're absolutely right. That's not necessarily what they're there for. You know, the person who's there is there to learn they're not there to excel or exceed or be world champion or world beater sometimes that happens but it's not usually the case a lot of the people go over there learn and then people be like oh they suck and then they come back and they're raw as fuck because <laughs> yeah. they learned so yeah yeah and like you mentioned josh i thought doki looked really good in this match too i'm slowly week by week starting to get on the doki bandwagon he did an awesome like uh springboard into the ring dt thing and I think since he's been in New Japan, it's helped him a lot, improved. And, yeah, I'm starting to dig Doki as well. And this was a um, good little match here. I really enjoyed this match. I was like three and a half on this. Am I, am I crazy for going three and a half on this match? Yeah, that's too high. Another roll with it. They're Doki star ratings. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna star rating shame you, Jeremy. But like, you know, I'm just like, got, I, know, I looked on Grapple after the match, and it was like, you know, a lot of people were pretty low on it. I was like, I don't know, I'm pretty jazzed after watching this. Like, this man was flipping, doing V triggers, trouble in paradise. Like, Doki was a V trigger. It's like, you know, I just well, yeah, there's something about well, it. You know, it just well, it's made me feel good. Well, I think I, I've got something to say towards that at the end of a, our review for this night, but uh, we got, you know, a few more things to go through. Any final thoughts on Master Watcho here? Uh, if that was a good match, oh, we had an angle afterwards. <laughs> Yoshinobu Kanemaru ran out, laid out Master Watto, and then we had Tenzon uh, coming out to make the save for Watto. Yeah, I, um, I kind of get it, and, you know, it's something we're going to talk about. Obviously, there is a limited roster, so what they can and can't do with certain people is kind of you know, debatable. I think that that's one, one of the things a lot of people forgot. A lot of people were criticizing like, why is Doki the guy attacking Kwato? And I'm like, cause there's not that many juniors in town. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to blow off every single like angle, but it's like, well then, then what? Right. You know? Um, but anyway, so they got Kanemaru. He's on deck next. I'm fine with that. The only thing I thought was weird, I was like, why Tenzon? I don't understand why specifically it was Tenzon. Maybe just because he's like one of the dads and the oh, relationship hey. from the dojo. Tenzon does a moonsault. You know, he's a high flyer. Watson's a high flyer. <laughs> yes, I just called Tenzon a high flyer in 2020. Someone come grab me. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, was Tenzon maybe his like senpai in the dojo maybe? Yeah, but I mean that's always the case. Like you know, all the dads are trainers in the uh, dojo, right? But each I mean, of them usually have like the, the one that they really kind of like get behind and coach. You know, I I don't really remember who Harai Kawata was kind of like paired up with. I wanted to say it was Nagata, but I don't really remember. I do know like towards the end they had him teaming a lot with Tanahashi, but I, I think Oka was more like Tanahashi's young boy. So I don't know. Yeah. Mm. 
but yeah, so that's what's happening. So, you know, uh, Watto picks up a win and then he gets beat down and gets saved. So, you know, I'm sure some people didn't like that, but he looked good in the match. So we move on. Yep. So then after that, we had the Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and Yujiro Takahashi defeating the LIJ team of Bushi and Tanada at 9 minutes and 20 seconds. Then we had a Suzuki Goon team of El Esperado, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. defeating. Actually, uh, Suzuki was not in this match because uh, Suzuki was out with a fever. Uh, so my notes are all in there, but I think it was uh, I think Kanemaru filled in there for him. But anyway, they defeated the team of Tanahashi, Ibushi, Taguchi, and Nagata, 12 minutes and 43 seconds. Then we had the LIJ team of Hiromu, Shingo, and Tetsuya Naito defeating the Chaos team of Sho, Tomohiro Ishii, and Toru Yano at 15 minutes. And that brings us to the main event of the evening, the finals of the 2020 New Japan Cup. Evil defeating Kazuchika Okada at 31 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there is a part of us that's like, we. I guess we could take the victory lap because we said he was going to win last week, but I don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, man. you know, it's like it's like it's like those dudes in that movie, The Big Short. They all predicted that like the stock markets were gonna crash, and then when it happened, like they all felt bad about it. That's how I feel. I'm like, I knew this. We knew this was happening. We we couldn't do anything to stop it. Like, sucks. <laughs> Rich, what do you think about this match? I thought this was so boring. This was like all the cheating, all the the fuckery. 31 minutes and I don't even know if I would have given this match three stars and Okada's match length is out of control. It's a sickness at this point, especially with like evil here. Um, There's no reason for evil to be going 30 minutes, especially after this weekend. And we're going to really, you know, bring the pain to him uh, in the dominion match. And, but I thought this was horrific. Like, as far as a new New Japan uh, Cup final, as far as a final of a major tournament, I thought this was well beneath the level that, you know, we we expect. I thought Okada's, like, um, that the Kobo, Kobo Clutch move he does, it's got to go. It's not it's not getting over. You're not going to make fetch happen. Um, I, I thought this was just... Just, just terrible in so many ways. Like all the interference, like go to hell. Like, like that's what what this match was. Yeah. So, um, you know, Evil versus, versus Okada. They've had I don't know what this is their fifth match at this point. Fourth Some, match, something, something like, like that. that. They had the one you know really good match in the G one years ago. And then after, mm-hmm. but aside from that, I don't really think I've ever really enjoyed any of the subsequent matches they've had with one another. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I thought it was even questionable to have evil in this position in the first place, because I don't think he's of the, that sort of caliber of performer, that sort of standard, um, you know, and he, I don't think these two guys have good chemistry with one another, to be honest with you. Um, the match was overly long. They could have told the story that they told in a much shorter period of time. Um, I, I was kind of okay with the cheating. It's just I think there's a way to do the cheating with, you know, to actually be effective. Uh, we have a lot of examples of it in New Japan with other teams that do it 
better than it was done in this match. And, you know, ultimately it was really slow. It was really slow. It was really boring. And even at the end, I, it just was convoluted. Like this to me started feeling like late era WCW type style matches or like early two thousands Russo era TNA matches. Like it just, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's not what I want from new Japan when I watch it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Um, you know, obviously watching the whole tournament and reviewing it, we we saw the path that Evil was going, the story they were telling of him progressively cheating more and more in each match. So I was, you know, going through the match, I was expecting the cheating, um, but it, it was just kind of egregious to a point. And I get it. He's evil. He's a heel. He's going to cheat. But like you were saying, Josh, I think there are better ways and more creative ways to um, cheat in 2020 than what they're doing here with evil um, We talk about it all the time Just how bad they make red shoes And all the referees look with um, Just how much Cheating goes on and like why is evil Like the only guy allowed to do chair spots In his matches and not get disqualified Like what what's the ruling here Like I, I just want to kind of come out and just be like There are no DQs in IWGP title Matches in, ma- in main events Because like at this point it's well, was, ridiculous was he, was he doing chair shots inside the ring well, he did the uh, the darkness falls on the chairs. Uh, Red Shoes might have been down at that point, but all throughout the tournament, he did the baseball chair spot on the outside. On right. the outside, yeah, yeah. That uh, I I think that that was probably the one moment. Now that I'm thinking about it, where the match did pick up is once once the ref bump did happen, and they did the darkness falls on all the chairs. Like that was kind of cool, but a lot a lot of this was just too much for me, honestly. Yeah, thought it was way too long. And to your point, Rich, the Cobra Clutch, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm not digging it either. And it's like Okada's closing sequences are, like, built on, like, the great, like, Rainmaker counters. And you lose all that when he's trying to do this Cobra Clutch thing. Yeah. You know, you know my, my feelings on the Cobra Clutch are this. Uh, if you think about the great submission holds of all time, they're usually done in one of two ways. Either there is a lot of theatrics to tell you that we're about to put on this finishing hold. You know, you think about Rick and he grabs the foot and he struts around and he does the woo and then he does the spinning toe hold and then maybe he gets it, you know, or, or you have that from out of nowhere ones. So the ones right. where it's like he, he could catch you like that you know you think about daniel bryan catches someone in a yes locker you know chris benoit catches someone in a crippler crossface like those those are two yeah but uh yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> but with like okada okada just kind of like meanders into it it's like very slow he just grabs it and then they sit there and there's not a lot of theatrics to it and i think that i think the, the move actually looks really cool and could be done well if and it's, it sounds weird to say, like, Okada doesn't do something well, but, like, they're not really – there's not a lot of good psychology behind it. He just sits him down on the ground and then just squeezes, and then the other guy just doesn't – like, the guys are not selling it very well because they don't know what to do. Like, it kind of sucks. It, it feels like it's something that should be done in the first five minutes of the match rather than the last five minutes of the match. Yeah. It feels well, like think, a wrestle. You, <laughs> you could get it over if, like, Okada, like – Maybe like if he spun them into it like a rainmaker and then locked it on, and then maybe like right. once they're down, once they're down, they're like flopping their arm around. Either that, or they just go straight out. If if he if he locks it on, like how many times have we seen Zack Saber just 
sleep dudes with like a triangle choke, you know, completely. And then you're like, oh, shit. But he's not really sleeping. I mean, I know Hiromu passed that, but it was after a long ass time. Like, it looks like a rest hold that people are just tapping out to. And it kind of sucks. Yeah, not, not a fan of that. Uh, so we did have two questions here. Uh, Reddit user Gondu Dodd says, "I need a ruling from Young Boy's girlfriend. Is evil still hot as hell despite the heel turn?" Well, I guess we should actually <laughs> talk about that first before we answer that question. So, evil. Um, there was uh, interference here from Gato and um, Yujiro Takahashi once again. Yujiro costing Okada uh, an IWGP or a big match here. Uh, we know when Yujiro first came to Bullet Club, he cost him the match against AJ. And Evil was able to take advantage of that and, you know, did a, the crotch stop and eventually hit the everything is evil STO to get the pin. Evil then calls out Naito after the match and uh, Naito said it would be two members of LIJ in the title match and offered Evil the LIJ fist bump. Uh, evil puts his fist up, turns it into the two sweet and then lays Naito out with the everything is evil. Then you had the rest of Bullet Club making their way to the ring. Evil stomping on Naito's LIJ hat and stomping on Naito. Evil doing too sweet. And then um, Shingo, Hiromu, Bushi, and Sonata all ran down to make the save. Bullet Club bailed. And Evil poses with the too sweet in the Bullet Club. What do you guys think about yeah. that closing angle? Uh, well, I've got thoughts on the angle. Before I do that, i got to criticize some of the things that you just said here. You said the Bullet Club came down, but you didn't do a finger quotations and you didn't say quote unquote. You need to be like the Bullet Club, quote unquote. Because we all need to know that. <laughs> that ain't the fucking Bullet Club. <laughs> this shit look like like the NWO two thousand, like the the NWO and WWE with, with Booker T in it and shit. Like this shit is cooked. Like we're gonna get more into it, but yo. Yeah. Oh, uh, like the Ooh, like I like the the fist, and then it turns into the too sweet. That was the best thing about it. And then everything after that, when you start thinking about it, it's like yuck. We have to watch evil. Like <laughs> get this mega push. <laughs> um, you know, God. So the funny thing was like when when um when Gato and Yujiro first started interfering in the match, there was a little bit of deniable plausibility. Like it wasn't clear that evil was for sure going to bullet club although if if you're like a longtime watcher you probably could have connected the dots pretty quickly but mm -hmm. they had that they had that deniability to be like oh this is just a continuation of the jay white and the bullet club and gato trying to screw okada storyline it has nothing to do with evil being in this match it, that those are just right. coincidences but um you know as i was telling a friend of mine they, they said that that's what they thought but i was like nope I knew immediately evil was turning because here's why in new Japan, nobody ever like interferes in another person's match unless they're in the same team. And if they ever do, they're always switching sides. Always every single time it, I like, you will not find an instance where like someone just came in to uh, attack somebody else because it was like beneficial to them. Like that just, it never really actually the the only one I can think of is like when Evil got jumped by like Jericho before the ZSJ match. That might be like the one time, but for the most part, like you always know that person's switching. And as soon as this happened, I was like, "Oh my god, that's why Evil's been cheating so much because he's freaking going to Bullet Club." Like, and then sure enough, it happened. And then I just thought, like, "Oh man, that means 
tomorrow night don't look so good for night so. <laughs> <laughs> now like i'm not like i'm famously like not the biggest lij fan i always thought it was cute it was like you know okay cool that's you know what, what some people like but like you got an lij <laughs> shirt i do i, I do have an lij shirt correct I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's cool, but you know, to me, it was never like, you know, it wasn't the the elite, like, <laughs> but like the um, like seeing evil, like, I I've heard people say, well, yeah, it, it makes sense for evil because evil was the first guy that was with Naito to turn on. Yeah, 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 he's the worst guy in the group. <laughs> like, no, he's not. Bushi's like, there. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Bushi's there. Sorry. <laughs> Little junior Bushi. But when, when I'm staring at Shingo Takagi and uh, Sonata's kind of sliding for me, but Hiromu Takahashi there, I'm like, I don't care about you, evil. And then Gato is, is determined to make this evil thing happen. And let's, let's keep going. And, you know, we're setting the stage here. Yeah. So I, I will say I did like the execution of the turn, like you mentioned, Rich. I thought you know the turn, the fist bump to the two sweet was cool. I like the, the whole camera work and just like the whole setup of the whole post match angle. I thought came off really well. Um, it was pretty weak seeing uh, what's left of Bullet Club that's in Japan, kind of coming out and celebrating with Evil. And I'm totally fine with Evil turning heel and Evil leaving Lij and turning on Naito. I'm fine with that, but. Personally, I feel like Bullet Club is too bloated. I would have thought this would have been a, a good opportunity to give Evil his own stable and try to do something else in that direction. But I understand, obviously, the top, you know, the heavy hitters of Bullet Club are not there. They look super weak right now. They want to try and inject some juice in it because we have no idea when we'll see Jay White, Kenta, or G.O.D., Fale, any of those guys in the near future. So I See, get- Jeremy, you're way off base here. See, like... You don't understand the brilliance of Gato's booking here because <laughs> the whole reason they're doing this is because those guys can't be here. So this is the perfect opportunity to take a chance on a guy like Evil who is so popular. <laughs> and guess what? When he comes back, we're going to have this incredible Civil War storyline. Oh, hold on. And, you're, you're, you just, <laughs> and you just don't see it. You don't see how good this is going to be. And you're talking about him having his own thing. He's going to have his own thing, obviously. <laughs> don't you get it? God, it's like you've never watched New Japan before, dude. That's what people are fucking saying, bro. We're gonna get, yes, to, we're gonna get, yes. to, we're gonna get to Civil War in a second. Um, before we get there, so oh, now they they, they want to book Civil War, <laughs> huh? Huh? I, I seem to, I seem to remember the energy was different uh, this time a year ago or two years ago. Oh, uh, okay. what I, <laughs> I, I guess what I felt like when this all was happening, I I agree with you, Jeremy. I just felt like, dude. Like, okay, I, I, I agree with you. I'm fine that he left Naito, even though I don't think he's the guy that should be getting pushed for the mega push out of the group at all. Um, I'm fine that he turned heel. I'm also somewhat okay with them giving him a push because he's probably deserving of it as, to some degree. Maybe not the level of push they're giving him, but I do not like the idea at all that along with this giant push – that he is a member and maybe even a leader of the Bullet Club. That just doesn't sound, look, or feel right. In fact, it makes me feel kind of sick if I'm being dead honest about it. Like, <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, not not. But I, but I would but 
But I would have been fine if they'd done something new, fresh, and exciting. Because then at least then I could say, okay, maybe we can see where this is going to go. But it's like the Bullet Club again? That started like – this is like seven years old. It's more than half a decade. What the fuck is going this, on? Why, why are we still doing this? Like this this brand, like the Bullet Club, like it's so far removed from its peak now. And it's like they're kicking the tires on this like this old concept, the the cheating, the the uh I, I, I just think they're afraid to lose the merchandise, but I'm like, ain't y'all lost enough of the merchandise already? <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. So we'll talk about some more as we get to the Dominion main event. But yeah, two questions here. So Do- do I need to answer if, if Evil's hot or not? Yeah, Gundry Dots wants to know, does your girlfriend uh, think Evil's still hot despite the, t- the heel turn? I believe he said hot as hell. And I just yes, hot as hell. She, she never said hot as hell. Like that's, He's putting words in her mouth, and I don't appreciate that, Gundry Dots, whatsoever. The only one that's hot as hell is Josh. But I texted her and asked her, she's said yes evil still hot she's like i'm not liking the new outfit because it hides his physique so apparently he's he's got a good physique mm. but i'm really but i'm really digging the bad boy image now still think naito should have retained though a bunch of baloney <laughs> <laughs> evil out here looking like xena the warrior princess yeah we'll, we'll get to the look in a second uh and then uh question here from reddit user bravo tango zulu says what happens to the junior tag titles and the never six man titles. So we'll talk about the junior tag titles a little bit when we talk about show and Shingo. But for the never six man title, so currently the current champs are Evil, Shingo, and Bushi. So yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they're gonna have to vacate them. <laughs> Look, why don't they pull it? You know, since they acting like WCW anyway, why don't they have a singles match for those, those belts? <laughs> or excuse me, they're they're already doing a title for for the uh, double belts already, right? Yeah, like. Put the six man belts on the line. Whoever wins gets to pick new partners. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they either like say Evil's no longer in the group, so we're gonna go Freebird rule with it, and maybe just Sonata can just or Hiromu or whoever can just or Bushi. I don't even know. I don't even know who the partners are, but the odd man out can just jump in and be the new partner. Or you know what idea I kind of like? If they're gonna keep doing this war between Bullet Club and them. What if, like, Evil's like, I'll get two of my buddies, y'all grab one of your buddies, and then we fight for them, see who the real champion is, and then the, the team that wins gets, you know, ownership, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it'll Something be like Evil, Gato, Jado against Shingo, Hiromo, Oh, my and God. Gato and Jado. <laughs> Gato does a job. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that sounds about right, right? <laughs> Yeah. The Bullet Club, Gato Look, and Chato. Why they just throw them belts in the air like Naito did? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> them shit. They they could they could do what Scott Hall did and throw it in the. Like you you broke up there. Throw it where? I don't know. I was just saying they could just throw it in the trash, like when uh <laughs> when they threw the television title in the trash and fucking uh, Jim Duggan just found that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So before we move on to Dominion, we've got to talk about our contest winner. So we ran our New Japan Cup contest. Thank you for everybody who entered. A lot of good brackets that went in there, but there was only one man who walks away with the crown and who's our contest winner. Reddit user Foley Smokes 
only missed one match out of the whole bracket. He predicted an Evil Okada uh, finals. He predicted Evil winning. The only match he missed was the Taichi Sonata match. He had Taichi over Sonata and Taichi going into the final four. But that was literally the only match he missed, got everything else right. So Foley Smokes, I will be following up with you on an email to get your location, your shirt size. You get a Keeping a Strong Style shirt and a New Japan shirt of your choice from Pro Wrestling Tees. So congrats, Foley Smokes, and thank you to everybody who entered. It's Goalie Smokes? Foley Smokes, like Mick Foley. Listen, Foley Smokes, if we find out... Yeah, if we find out your location is Tokyo, Japan, bro, I swear to God, <laughs> this man Gato. If we find out you work in the New Japan office, you know, and, and we know the New Japan office is listening. This this man like, Gato ca- ca- j- jumped in the Reddit, joined our freaking contest, and then threw one match off on purpose to throw us off the scent. Like, we wouldn't recognize right. that was Gato. Exactly. Like, like... Anything we're rookies. <laughs> this is strong style of brackets. <laughs> How come we only got one bracket with evil winning? One bracket. I, yeah. Well, actually, we we did have another bracket that had evil winning. Shout out to Imp from LOP, but oh. Imp did miss a few more matches on the way to the finals. Uh, Imp missed I think, like four or five matches. On the way there, but he still wound up with an Okada Evil final. But um, yeah, he just missed a few, so he was off by a few wins there. But uh, Foley Smokes is the one that takes it here. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. There were there were so, a ton of Okada Sonata brackets that I just threw away. <laughs> I threw mine away when Tanahashi lost. <laughs> I threw mine away when when Gato lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did Gato really lose? <laughs> uh, he yes. was like, it seemed like yeah, he was he's a, ahead. Nah, he's about to. You guys already know he definitely lost. All right, let's uh, talk about Dominion now. So we opened up with Fritsuke Taguchi, Satoshi Kojima, and Yuji Nagata defeating the team of Gabriel Kidd, Togi Makabe, and Tomi Okahanma. Oh, actually, there was okay. There was something I want to say real quick about new japan cup final Mm -hmm. you go online and if you do a search especially on grapple seven matches on the show new japan cup final every single match three stars average rating across all users so you're telling me basically that a 31 minute 50 second new japan cup final is rated the exact same rating as Master Wato and Doki at seven minutes and forty six seconds. So, Jeremy, maybe you're not that far off when you when you said it was three and a half stars. Because I mean, a three star seven minute match sounds a lot better than a thirty one minute three star match. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. And also, yeah. I don't I don't disagree. My match of the night, surprisingly, was Great Bash Hill against Suji and Nimura. <laughs> I like that match a lot. Nine minutes, they got in, got out, told a good story. Three stars. That pff, I'll take that any day than over the evil turn and Okada trying to choke him out with this stupid bro. Come on, all right, that's it. That's what I want to say. On cage match, that main event is like a five point six. <laughs> that's disgusting. Let Kenny Omega have done this shit. Oh my god. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Dominion opened up. We had Rizuki Taguchi, Satoshi Kojima, and Yuji Nagata defeating Gabriel Kidd, Togi Makabe, and Tomioka Hanma. 
Then we had LIJ in action, Bushi, Hiromu, and Tanada defeating the team of Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, and Yota Suji. Then we had Suzuki Gun, Doki, El Esperado, and Yoshinobu Kanamaru. They defeated the team of Tenzan, Master Wato, and Yuya Yomura. So clearly we're seeing more of this Wato versus Zuki Goon um, rivalry kind of brewing here. And I'm sure at some point Master Wato will get his hands on Kanamaru. Yeah, the, the big story after the match was over was how they continued to beat down Master Wato at the end of the match. And Tenzan kind of had to come to his aid again. So a continuation of that story, you know, definitely. Then we had Bullet Club, Taiji Ishimori and Yujiro Takahashi defeat... Hiroki Goto and Kazuchika Okada. Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo <laughs> Pimp, pinned Hiroki Goto. The G in G1 is not for Goto. The G is for geek because Goto is officially a geek. He's done. He's washed. Get him out of here. This man just got pinned <laughs> by Yujiro Takahashi. What is going Bro, on? Indeed. Rolled Okada in the ring, DDT'd him, and stood over him like the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> at, at fucking WrestleMania Seven. It was like and laughing and he he with Gato in the background, like what? <laughs> like what universe is this? I'll tell you something. Ujiro can have a better match than Evil can. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with Ujiro push like. Yujiro's been lazy over the past few years, but like Yujiro can actually wrestle a lot better than Evil can. And he brings Peter out to the ring. So I'm fine with the Yujiro elevation. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is, this is what we all had down, uh, you know, January 6th, the, the night of New Year's Dash. Yes, we can't wait for Yujiro to get some focus. <laughs> Listen, 2020 is the year of no limit. You know, Naito had to descend in order for Yujiro to ascend. That's mm. what needed to happen. Hey, Naito been descending for a long time. <laughs> Everybody's realizing it. And, I, and I've been telling them, but we're going to get to it. So up next, we had a great matchup here for the never open weight title. Shingo Takagi defeats Sho at 20 minutes and 7 seconds. Gentlemen, what were your thoughts on this never open weight title match? Um, I, I thought this match was really great. Um, I thought it was a good story. I thought that Shingo and Sho, obviously they have so much chemistry and such great history but, uh, with one another. I do think that the crowd not being able to openly chant and shout detracted slightly from my enjoyment of the match, but it, it wasn't like completely detrimental. I mean, obviously we just saw these guys have an empty arena match. Um, ultimately for me though, I will say this. The lofty standard that these two guys have set with one another over the last two matches is so high that when they have a really great match that doesn't live up to expectations, it does feel slightly disappointing. And that's almost laughable considering this is probably the best match of the la- of the whole entire weekend, you know, by far. Um, but yeah, I would have gone probably, I'd say four and a quarter on this, which is just an earmark below where they've what they've done in the last two matches, but it was still really really good. I thought Shingo made Show look like a star, and the story they told was great. Like Shingo kind of did what he's done to Show in the past. Like he outlasted him and then put him away with a big move and showed him that he's the real heavyweight and Show's still got to get up to his level. Yeah, um, Show and Shingo have I don't know whose idea it was the second they came in the company. 
that <laughs> that it was like, yo, we're gonna make sure this shit builds up for the first time uh, to where it jumps off at best of super juniors and they're literally starting it in tags and it's just like i don't know who knew that they would have this chemistry but i'm glad they figured that out um i don't think this was their best match i'm, I'm on the same page as you josh i kind of find it hard to like really focus in on it but um this was still really good i was probably still go four and a quarter um but i mean you you look at the rest of the show and i maybe maybe i should like not complain <laughs> yeah um this was my match of night match of the weekend. I love this match. It, I, I will agree it wasn't on. It's weird because I, I gave it the same rating as the New Japan Cup match, but I don't know. I thought there were two different matches. I think the difference was with the New Japan Cup match in the empty arena. They just kind of went from it from the get go. They, they ran it as a bell rang. They were charging at each other. It was a, right. You know, they they knew in the empty arena like we just we just got to go for it. Like we don't have time to kind of build our match in a traditional type of way. But what I liked about this match was with the crowd, they did not immediately, you know, blitz each other like they did in the last match. They kind of started off with, you know, the shoulder tackle kind of test, and they kind of built gradually to some of the bigger spots they did, which I really liked that kind of change of pace for this matchup. And, yeah, I liked this match a lot. I thought Shingo's selling was amazing. And, you know, what Shingo we talked about, normally he goes into his matches very confident, um, very cocky. And this match, you know, his, his confidence was shattered a little bit with Sho defeating him in the New Japan Cup and Sho, you know, getting the best of him in a lot of those angles. So it wasn't quite, the, you know, the overconfident Shingo that we're used to seeing. And I felt like Sho was the one that was overconfident in this match and was, you know, trying to use that to really take the edge to uh, Shingo there. And, yeah, I thought, you know, a lot of great strikes. I, like we mentioned earlier, I like the crowd um, clapping with the strikes that they were doing. Thought shows uh, German suplexes were great. His knee strikes were great. Um, I popped at the spot where um, Shingo kicked out of a big lariat that on one count that show did. Um, See so yeah, a lot of great spots like that. Um, a lot of great counters from like the main Japan and their you know shock arrow. And yeah, eventually show. Oh, oh yeah, show kicking out of uh, the pumping bomber at one was great as well. Uh, yeah, so yeah a, a lot of great spots here. And eventually it came down to show or Shingo. He actually he hits a GTR, which was kind of weird. And then he hits the last of the dragon and gets the win here. Yeah, I think with this match, it just um it had it had a really great pace. It just told a different kind of story than the other two matches told. And you did a really good analysis there, Jeremy, just kind of detailing the difference in attitude and approaches uh between these two guys, which you know kind of told the story. I think one of the biggest things is um we've talked about how during the empty arena period, people have kind of had to try to find different ways to work matches. And then we kind of seen, I've noticed anyways, that on both of these two shows, a lot of the wrestlers, I think they just kind of assumed, well, the crowd's back. So we can just go back to doing what we used to do, not taking into account that the cheering's not there. So the reactions, even though there's an audience, it's not, it's still not quite the same thing as what we would have had, you know, back in February. Uh, but I think of all the matches this weekend, Shingo and Sho were the ones who were able to kind of draw that audience in and kind of get the reactions that you would want from a crowd who are only limited to being able to clap, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we did have a question here from Reddit user Rambo and Slam Pig. Sho and Shingo have amazing chemistry and their matches are show stealers. How long do you think we will have to wait until their next encounter? Well, I would say 
not counting tag matches because I, I, these guys run it in tag matches literally like all the time. Uh, maybe G one, hopefully, you know, depending on how the G one shapes shapes out, you know, show might potentially have a spot there. But if that's not the case, it might be a while. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Josh. Like the uh, G one uh, is in October. So who knows if like if the foreigners can't get in the country, I would probably say it would be a lock that show at least get a G one berth and then you know you roll the dice on getting these guys at the same block. I don't know, man. You know, they they might say Tenzon they might need to call him into action, you know. Usually Nagata <laughs> may have to, you know, go back on his word and, and, and compete, you know, for the for the great trophy, you know. Bring Nakanishi back, Isaka. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The granddad won. The granddad won. The G stands for granddad. (laughs) Oh my god! They need to call it the G four because it's the fourth generation's G one this year. (laughs) (laughs) Show these kids how to work. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I agree with you guys. Yeah, if we're not getting um, a lot of the foreigners back for the G one, I think show. Would be great in that tournament, and I would love to get those guys in the same block. But if they're not in the same block, it might be a while until we get um, another singles match. It may be until Show kind of bumps up to heavyweight, or if you know Shingo stays in the Never Division, maybe sometime next year Show can challenge again for the Never Title. Yeah. Next. The qu- next question from uh, Mookie fifteen fifteen says: Do you think Rapongi three K will be forced to vacate the belt studio's injury? Yes. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the most likely thing they're going to do. Obviously, with Yo being out for a very long time, you know, torn ACL is a pretty serious injury. I think they are going to have to vacate the titles. I don't know what they're going to do with them because there's not many uh, junior tag teams there that you can, you know, put them on or do anything. (laughs) That don't mean they got to vacate the titles. They could just be champions. (laughs) They could. Yeah, you know, I you know what I hope they do. Remember, like in uh, WCW, there's a couple times where like people's partners were out, so they just let someone else join the team, defend, and the, defend belt. the belt for yeah. that. Sting and Booker T. <laughs> yeah, Sting and Booker T. That's what I was thinking of. They need to just let someone jump like Taguchi, Taguchi and uh, show. Man, show <laughs> Taguchi and Show partner every night. <laughs> oh my gosh. This man, that, that's yo, what they need to do. This man yo comes back and he's finds his partner teaming with Taguchi. <laughs> or how about how about show just gets over by defending the titles by himself for the rest of until he loses them. Damn. <laughs> Handicap. <laughs> just, oh my gosh. Uh, he's next, like, I, I, I will not be vacating these titles. I will defend them. <laughs> <laughs> I will take on all comers. Jado, Gato, Kanamaru, Dusty. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, next question here from Dan Coffin with Yo out long term due to injury and Show starting a strong singles run. What do you see happening with the junior tag titles? We just kind of talked about that. So Show we, we, but, putting them both together and wrapping both around his waist, <laughs> <laughs> champion. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're even gonna um, have enough teams right now. They in those titles hypothetically, they they might get like you know. Team one versus team two playoff, and then that's it. But could we maybe see a period where those are just inactive until they have like people to actually fight for them? I think that's actually a possibility. Yeah, we could. I mean, why? Why force it? <laughs> why try to push it if it's if you can't? 
Oh, drop that shit back to Despy and uh, Kenamaru. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be cool if they let some of the uh, young lions fight for those titles. Yeah. Like like uh, Umar and Gabriel Kidd or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, one other thing, since we're kind of on the subject, I think this vendor of Pong E3K. Yeah, I, I think when Yo comes back, I think they're, they're going to split up. Yeah, I think yeah. It, I, I I think they had a storyline in place, and I think obviously at some point we're going to see these guys interact w- once again. But this just might be fate dealing us a unfortunate hand where we don't get to see the breakup storyline play out. They're just going to quietly split up, and then one, you know, one day the Yo op- will super kick him out of nowhere. Yo will show up. <laughs> Yo will show up, and then there's a lot of options for what they could do at that point, but. In the meantime, I think Rapongi 3K is a thing of the past already. Yeah. So a lot of the things of the past. We're going to get to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, should we get the next question there? Yeah, Sir Sam asked, where does show go after losing the Never Match? I think Hell. you would make a great show. I think you would make a great challenger for the Junior Strat, but it looks like Hiroma is going to be doing other things. Yeah, um... I mean, I think a, answer his own question. <laughs> I mean, I think a show Hiromu matchup down the line would be good, but obviously we'll talk about what Hiromu is going to be involved in later. But yeah, I think right now, I think show you, you kind of rebuild him in the junior division. He can face off against you know the juniors that that are there, get some wins, and eventually build up for a junior title match. Yeah, he's he's gonna fight Bushi about seventy times. <laughs> um, then he's gonna go ahead and fight Kenamaru. Despy all, all on a loop until Naito gets to slum it with the juniors. Or excuse me, not Naito. Um Hiromu. Yeah, I mean it's Maybe that's one of those things match. you kind of look at what, what you've got going, and it's like if there's not gonna be a super juniors this year and he's not gonna actually be in a G one, kind of greatly limits the remainder of the year for what he could hypothetically accomplish. Right. But I mean, he's a junior, he's not going heavyweight, so I imagine he's going to stay in the junior division. I don't know if he's going to be able to. I don't know if there's enough opportunity for him to capitalize off the goodwill of what he did in this tournament. To, you know, in the short term, I really don't. Unless, unless there's unless there's another one of those tournaments for him to jump into. I mean, we might he might not get another chance to like do something significant till say next year. Honestly, well, he has to be on the lookout for one person, Master Watto. Hey, the way to the grandmaster. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's true. Uh, before we go on to the next match, um, after uh, Shingo defeated Show, we did have a post match angle here. Desperado came out and attacked Shingo in the aisle and held up the Never title. Actually, I think he stole the Never title. Uh, he did. There was a uh, like a, a Twitter post, or maybe it was an Instagram photo. I don't know. But uh, uh, Despy basically shared that he he took a photo of the never title backstage implying that not only did he beat this man with his own belt, but he stole his belt too. Yeah. And do it. I'm all in on Desperado versus Shingo. Something that we've been wanting um, a heavyweight to actually defend the never open weight title consecutively against junior heavyweights, making a true open weight division. So I was down with the show match. I'm down with the Desperado match. Desperado is a great worker. I think him and Shingo will have a hell of a match for that title. Yeah. I think if anything tells us like uh, what Despy can do, like based on the Ishii match, like you get Shingo who's like younger than Ishii. 
This is going to be a banger. Think about how smart this is. They had Shingo in the junior division. They had him steamroll all the juniors. Then they had him leave the junior division, become the quote-unquote openweight champion. Mm -hmm. And then they said, well, what what are we going to do with him? Well, I liked when he was beating up them juniors. Maybe we could do some more of that. <laughs> yeah, we could beat them all to him again. That, that seemed to work really great the first time. Well, why don't we just do some more of that? Yeah, people will like that. They'll say we're progressive for giving the juniors an opportunity to get beat by Shingo. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that match. That match is going to be great. So now we uh, move on to the next matchup. We have the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles on the line. Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defeat the Golden Aces, Tanahashi and Kotobushi, 28 minutes and 43 seconds. What do you guys think about the big matchup here and the big title change? Um, I thought this match was very enjoyable. Uh, my, I guess my, my biggest feelings are this. I see a lot of praise getting thrown on uh, Dangerous Techers and you know, golden aces. And it's something that we kind of thought would be good. Uh, I I think it definitely delivered on that, but I don't think it's as high as a lot of the praise I'm seeing out there. I'm seeing people throw super high, significant star ratings on this. My feeling was basically this, this was a match where the first two thirds of it were, I would say pretty regular, like pretty average, like nothing bad, but just a good tag match. Probably in the same ballpark as what golden aces did with, uh, god back in february then the last third of this match is maybe some of the best tag team wrestling that we've seen since like the golden lovers were here like it was that high caliber and i think that because that occurred at the end of the match it really elevated it a lot in the eyes for you know a lot of like fans in the audience and especially people who are big fans of this dangerous techers tag team as we are but um, I thought it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I, I just I'm not quite as high as everyone else. I'd probably go four stars here. But um, I'm glad that, again, we were right last week when we accurately predicted that Dangerous Techers were taking these belts off the Golden Aces. Ahead. Makes all the sense for the world. Yeah. Um, the Yeah, I, I like this match a lot. I thought this was a um, – the credibility that Tai Chi built all throughout last year – it, you know, you lay the groundwork and then you you elevate. Like that's how you do it. And this is a well, like kind of earned uh, belt with for both Taichi and Saber. Uh, we knew Tanahashi and, and Obushi weren't long for the belts. Like that's kind of something to keep them busy. Uh, but these guys can you know kind of use it. And you know, they, there's a lot of baby phases uh, to to fight. You can always team up. Uh, you know, some some people from Chaos. You can team up. Uh, some LIJ members uh, for him to fight. You can you can do a couple different things. You can do a rematch, but um, I, I like this. I thought it was aggressive, and I thought you know there were a lot of cool spots and good tag work here. Yeah, I also really enjoy this main event. Um, this was my second uh, favorite match of the weekend. I went four and a quarter on this match, and yeah, I thought it was well built. Yeah, it did kind of start off like a normal tag team match, but I think it built well to the ending of the match, and I thought we saw a lot of cool. Um, double team maneuvers from both sides From both teams um, I think Tanahashi and Ibushi did They tried to look like a double Kind of like sling bait Kind of move look, Almost like a double final cut um, Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of great Kind of back and forth there And um, I just think Both these teams Just work really well together And each partners Kind of have good chemistry With each, with each other as well And man The, the closing um, sequence The closing of the match Was just heart-wrenching man you know yeah. Tanahashi, he has historically bad knees. 
and then Tai Chi holds him, and, and Saber just dragon screw, dragon screw, dragon screw. I was like, stop, stop, he's already dead. Stop <laughs> <laughs> beating up our dad like this. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the clothes because, you know, the match, um, it, it had its fair share of like, you know, cheating and shenanigans, things of that nature, but it all had its place in the story that they were telling and it didn't actively detract from the action that was going on. Um, the big turning point was when they busted out the, uh, the iron claw and I, I don't know if there was a rep bump or, or, you know, what, what red shoes doing. I guess I, he might, I think saber was distracted. I was like distracting him and holding on to him. That makes sense. Okay. So either way. And then, um, Tai Chi ends up hitting Abushi with the iron claw and that kind of, at that point, literally eliminates Tai Chi from the remainder of the match. And then um, from there, Tanahashi is able to, you know, re- get the Iron Claw away from him. But he's left in a two-on-one situation, which I thought was kind of interesting. Because if you recall back to the match that he had with uh, when they won the titles from um, G.O.D., he kind of was in a similar position and was able to win the titles almost single-handedly. And this kind of reminded me of that situation. Like we've seen Tanahashi in, uh, in several different situations overcome the odds, be outnumbered, still find a way to win. But like you said, Jeremy, they isolated him and then isolated those knees and just tore them apart to the point that, like, once it was finally done, there was no doubt in your mind. Like, and like I said, they did cheat a little bit, but like, this is as clean of a win as you're going to get from a heel tag team. Like, they beat the breaks off of Tanahashi and Ibushi and um, yeah, they're your, they're your new tag. They've kind of secretly been like the best tag team in new Japan for about two years now. And now it's kind of solidified, honestly. Yeah. They get the big win with the Holy Zack driver, which is the Zack driver super kick to the back of the head combo, which I love that finish for them. I think that was awesome. And so, yeah, dangerous techers get the win here. And do you have a question? Yeah, I'm, Go ahead, Rich. I'm kind of a fan of Tai Chi. You, you hopping on the Tai Chi bandwagon? You're, be- you're becoming a fan of Tai Chi? Yes. <laughs> you know what? Tai Chi's uh, kind of got, like, he lost some goodwill with me because of some of the stuff he did in this tournament. But uh, this match was good. So he's kind of gained it. Like I, I said it last week. It's like one week he does bad. And I'm like, I'm down on him. And then the next week he does good. And then I, I look like an idiot from what I said before. Like, it's just it's it's a never it's it's a toxic relationship being a semi fan of Taiji. Like he hurts you and then he comes back and he tells you he's gonna do better. Yep. He treats you right. And then the next time he's out here fucking up again. Like, I don't know. Man. It's like his last name is McMahon or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, one thing I wanted to say, so I agree with what Rich said, like it does make all the sense in the world and he brought up options what they could do down the line hypothetically you know uh there's a lot of baby face tandems that they could throw together to challenge for these belts but my big thing is that i think it has to be golden aces re uh rematching for the belts because while there are other tandems that could hypothetically challenge what are the golden aces going to do given the current state of the company there's nothing for them to do right now so they, they actually <laughs> they actually have to fight for the titles again because there's nothing else that 
two guys of the calibers of Tanahashi and Ibushi could be doing right now anyways. Right. Everyone yeah. else tied up. Unless you want to see like Okada and Tanahashi fight with no title again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. it'll be interesting to see oh, what yeah. I you know. I think I think uh Tanahashi and Ibushi they have to rebuild. They gotta start from the bottom. They gotta face yeah. you know a great bash heel. Gabriel Kidd and, and Clark Connors, right. like they gotta face Suji and Yamura. And Yamura. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, start, start, you know, you know, rebuild completely. Yes, start from the bottom, work their way back up to Dangerous Techers. So we will import the Brooklyn Brawler for you to face. <laughs> uh, we did have a question here from the Discord from uh, Highest Fly Flow. He says, "What's next for the Dangerous Techers? Love their match, but don't think anyone else can match up the Golden Aces level unless they do something like Goto and Ishii." Well, I I pretty much laid out why I think it's going to be the Golden Aces next, but I like that idea of Goto and Ishii. Um, what are some other tandems that you guys think might potentially be good challengers down the line? I mean, we're on a limited roster. I don't know. You can well, do kind of former tag team with somebody. Yoshihashi, but he's out. Ah, that's right. So who can you uh, team with? You can do Shit. Okada and Ishii. <laughs> no, that's too overpowered. <laughs> Super team. <right> Uh, from, Tomohiro Ishii uh, would have to be Okada's pin eater. How <laughs> weird is that? I've seen it before. Yeah, I know. Uh, shit, I guess you got to go Tenkoji here. Um, you can go... You can do Shingo and Sonata. Shingo and Sonata is an overpowered Sonata. team, too. Yeah, well, bro, you could always go Naito and Shingo. <laughs> Yano and Okada. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's a lot of options there. You could uh, have a Suzuki Gun team challenge in our Suzuki Gun Civil War. Suzuki and <laughs> Suzuki and Despi versus them. I don't oh, know if that was gonna ring off the same way. Actually, actually, in the post match comments, uh, Taichi actually made a comment about that. Like they're walking to the back with uh, the other guys from uh, Suzuki Gun, and he was like. Kanemaru and Doki, we could beat you guys pretty easily. Why don't you guys challenge next? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, kind of is funny because there was a produce show, uh, the Taka Tai Chi Mania, that they did uh, last year. And they actually, uh, the main event was a tag match where it was, uh, I don't remember exactly who all was in it, but on one side it was Doki and the other side was. Um, freaking tai chi and tai chi was bullying doki the whole match and that's what the story of the match was about was that like doki is the lowest ranked member of the team and tai chi and tai chi gives him crap and like doesn't think he's of the same caliber of the rest of the team and so that's kind of like this undercurrent story that's like not really acknowledged by new japan just yet but it is kind of there that's why i got a man goto out like we we, you know can, can, can we give goto a bone (laughs) <laughs> Bro, maybe that's what uh, Show could do. Show could go to the heavyweight tag division. Him and Goto. Yeah, mm. do that. Why not? Why not Show and Okada? How about Show and Ishii? Yeah, Show and Ishii could be junior champions together. <laughs> yeah, stop. He's a junior, bro. Stop. He was smaller than everyone else. He was smaller than both the juniors he fought in the tournament. <laughs> You gotta get your eyes checked. I saw a six foot four <laughs> pound man uh, in the ring. I don't know what you were seeing. The truth. 
Highest Flyfo also asks, what what do you think is next for Abushi? Has been the biggest loser this year. How do you think they will dig him out of that? You sure he's been the biggest loser this year? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we've been the biggest losers this year. <laughs> we lost everything. We lost fucking uh like we, we lost the, the fucking best of super juniors. We lost the fucking real dominion. We lost fucking crowds for months. We lost fucking um uh Russell Dynasty. Yeah, Rich, we keep Rich, Rich asked me, he's like, You watching New Japan Dominion? I was like, You mean New Japan submission? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, um, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you guys think uh, about Abushi's situation? I mean, he lost the double gold dash. I don't. I mean, what what else happened in February? I don't remember what what he was doing. That man started that like throwing Tanahashi around like he was a young boy again. No, that's right. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I I wouldn't call him the biggest loser in the company, but it is. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I was told once before that he was just some sidekick before, you know, and it seemed like, you know, everyone's just cool with what's happening to him now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We did a show earlier in the year and I kind of brought up those points and um, everyone, I think it was uh, you and Samson, Jeremy, you guys were both like, ah, I don't think it's so much. And I said, like, I don't know. He feels kind of like a sidekick to Tanahashi to me. I don't know. It was cool. You could be a sidekick to Tanahashi, but, you know. <laughs> Shut yeah. up! Yeah, you know, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> All right. I mean, what, what do you guys think is next for him? You know, do they need to dig him out of a hole? Is he in a hole? I mean, what do you guys think? Yes, he lost both matches at the domes. Uh, went out the world's biggest loser. Uh, he did he take the pin? No, no. Tanahashi got pinned, so uh, he got protected there. But can he fight Shingo? Like. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> Russell Kingdom or something? I don't I don't know. Shit. Yeah, I, I think he's going to kind of be, like you mentioned, Josh, in the tag division for a while. I think him and Tanahashi will try to regain the tag titles. I think he'll probably be in that and maybe until G1. And maybe G1's his kind of breakout moment. And, you know, maybe he gets to the G1 finals again. And Bro, how many breakout G1s is Ibushi going to have before he's actually oh, the guy? He's 38. He's 38. And he ain't flying as much no more. Got to got to conserve himself. <laughs> I'm waiting. I feel like this was a great question that we don't have a good answer for, and neither does Gato. <laughs> right. All right, guys. Here we go. I've been saying we're gonna get to it the whole show, and here we are. <sighs> I've been feeling. I, I feel sick about this match. <laughs> The IWGP heavyweight title and IWGP intercontinental title match. The main event of the evening. The New Japan Cup 2020 winner. The King of Darkness. The new leader of the Bullet Club. Evil. Defeats Tetsuya Naito in 37 minutes and 59 seconds. Yes, 38 minutes, guys. 38 minutes of your life. I'll never get back. (laughs) Oh uh, man. Um what do you guys think? Rich, you, do you you want to pop it off? 
Sure, man. This was fucking awful. This is the worst IWGP championship match I have ever seen. And I've been watching since uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9. You guys on the last time Naito defended the title went back through every single title defense uh, after the Kenta one. And that took you back to when? About 2015, 2014? Yeah, about that time period. So what I really would like everyone to do is go find that podcast, listen to that clip of of Josh and Jeremy going through all those IWGP title matches, and then add this one to the front of it because it was fucking horrible. Uh, Naito's washed. Evil sucks. He should never in any circumstance be the IWGP champion. Uh, If you want to give him the white belt, cool, whatever. This guy is not a top 10 wrestler. He's not a top 15 wrestler in New Japan. Like, this is like an affront to everything I feel like we've watched um, that made us fall in love with New Japan. The great match quality, the precise booking, the you know, the, the just the mythical feel of the IWGP championship, that shit's out the window now. Anybody but Ishii can win that shit now. Like, this is so bad. This is such a horrendous booking decision on so many levels. And me, I don't even care about Naito. Naito's washed. I, I like, And I've said it on multiple shows. Um, it's less about Naito losing the belt and more about Evil winning the belt. I don't care who Evil would have won the belt from. It should have never happened. Um, this was long, boring, all the cheating. And it was pretty much just like, well, um, why, why, would I, why would I even want to watch this anymore? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rich, I think you did a good job summing up a lot of the feelings about the outcome of the match. Uh, I'd like to take just a, and I'm going to share some of those same sentiments, but I want to talk a little bit about the actual match and some of the issues I had with it. So we had Evil come out with the new um, entrance song, which admittedly was actually pretty cool entrance theme. I like it better than his old entrance theme, but uh, he came out with the new gear. He looked like Awesome Kong with some... Uh, long tights on which was kind of weird but he came out with the entire bullet club with him which uh when i say the entire bullet club i don't mean the entire actual real bullet club i mean he came out with ghetto and jado and yujiro and taiji ishimori did i forget anybody i think that's it (laughs) yeah so that's about it um you know and this is something we've seen Multiple times done with great effect. We've seen Kenny Omega do it. We've seen uh, Prince Devitt do it, AJ Styles. Uh, Most recently, we saw it done um, when Jay White did it at the G1 final last year. And in this case, this looked like a parody of that. You know, it didn't look like the Bullet Club. It looked like... uh, (laughs) I don't mean to be disrespectful, but like this is something I heard Jay... uh, I remember... uh, Y'all remember that promo when... um, Fortune was in the ring and Jay Lethal came out impersonating Ric Flair. And he's like, yes. you four are no four horsemen. It looks like the horsemen were in that ring. They took a dump and that's what was left behind. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, to call yourself horsemen, that is disrespectful to me and disrespectful to this wrestling business. Like, oh that's, my what God. It, that's what it felt like to me was like to see them in there calling themselves the Bullet Club it felt disrespectful to the actual legacy of the bullet club. And right. When, when the match started and Gato kicked or uh, red shoes, kicked them all out. 
the crowd didn't react. Not not only a can they not chant or cheer or boo. So that you know the heat. So all the heat spots to, fall fall dead. The heat is out the window to begin with. But then no one really actually cared. And the biggest difference about why they didn't care is when you compare this iteration to any other iteration. They're just not threatening. Nobody in their right mind could look at Gato, Jado, and Yujiro and think, "My God, these are some real tough customers." Like, no, nah, dude. They- here. <laughs> yeah, this you like no one could like w- no one would care if they were in out or in or whatever. Like, they're you know, so there's no investment there. And then um, the match was really, really, bro. Thirty eight minutes, and uh, some of the Horrible. biggest problems. You know, the match started off really fast. You know, Naito comes out, throws a jump, flying drop kick, and you think like, oh, everything we've been hearing about how this guy's going to come back revitalized. He's going to come back refreshed. He's going to come back, you know, um, rejuvenated. The time off was good for him. And nah, bro, like he came out through the flying drop kick, tried to start it off, and then um, go or evil – does a powder, but his powder is ill-timed. Like he didn't do it when heels are supposed to do it to get the actual effect of it. He he did it because he's seen a lot of other heels just do it, and he doesn't. And it's so he's pl- again, it's a parody of a good heel. Like it's like he watched Jay White matches. He's trying to do what Jay White does, but Jay White actually does it somewhat effectively. Or like he's trying to play Kevin Owens, but he doesn't know when to do it. So everyone just kind of looked confused because it was ill-timed, and and then he's on the outside and he doesn't know how to play up or ham it up, and then. Once Naito gets out there, the only real, like, feeling of, like, strong effect of, like, okay, business is going to pick up. They start throwing each other into, like, the, the uh, you know, into the, the uh, barricades, and it feels like, okay, this is going to be vicious, whatever. But then, no, it goes into this match where Evil just constantly is attacking Naito's knees, constantly cheating. Naito is selling He's not cutting off evil. He's not putting forth any effort. And this is his, num- you know, everyone's like, oh, it's his number one dude. It's his role, you know, the, the guy that came with him in 2015, his his lieutenant, his second in command. If these guys are so close and they're supposed to be best friends, where's the fucking fire? Where's the heat? Where is the, the visceral reaction from Naito? And people will be like, oh, well, he's just tranquilo. Dude, when is he going to stop being tranquilo when bad shit happens to him and him fight back, especially when it's his boy? Like, I'll tell you what, like, if if you guys, like, betrayed me, it would be real personal if I had to, like, if one of us had to fight each other because we're, like, real close friends, you know? We wouldn't just be chill about it. Like, but Naito's out here just, like, selling, not trying. Mailing it in. Mailing it in. Lackadaisical. Naito's, or uh, Evil's playing the best version of heel that he knows how to play but he can't do it. And, you know, pe- and there's probably people listening like, well, give him a chance. We've get- He's been here five years. We've given him five years a chance that this isn't new. He didn't just get here. You know, why do I have to give this guy a, like, a chance? Like we act like we don't know what it is. We've seen him yeah. in how many G1s? Yeah, bro. We've seen him have so many. I, I if it, He's one of the guys that I don't need to see him in any more G1s. Like, fuck that. Um, and then at the end of it all, like, he just beats him with, like, Again, the the cheating tactics, but like, it just sucked. It just was deflating. It just I fit, at this point, I wish they would have just had Kenta beat Naito back in February. That would have been better than this shit. Like, and ultimately, it's what, what Rich what about said. This title ran. Um, evil 
one of the things about the the IWGP title is that only the best of the best of the best of the best touch this thing. And we're living in a world right now where Evil just beat Naito. So Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, you know, fucking Minoru Suzuki, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Kota Ibushi. These guys don't get to be IWGP champion, but Watanabe does. Wata fucking Nabe is your IWGP champion. People are excited about it. And this dude has never even t- come close to sniffing a five-star match in his entire career. What the fuck is there to be happy about? Nothing. Like, it, it seems like if you didn't wrestle in the funky little dojo, you know, you can't you can't touch the belt. Like, Osprey, he's an outsider. Shingo, outsider. And he's older. And you start looking at it, and, you know, they feel like they got to do something fresh. Fine. Pick someone else. Like, I feel like New Japan, like, the roster is aging. These guys have been through wars with each other. They had this great golden age from in 2016, 17, and 18, and even parts of 19, right? But now we're... We flipped the page. That that great era that that was there that just seemed to get so much pushback before it's over now. It's finished. Like Gato's on some other shit. Like if these are what the main events are going to be, this is nothing but WWE Japan without the NXT coloration on it. Like this is horrible. Like I don't like. No one needs to see this, especially with the previous standard that you set. Like, like don't that, lie to me and tell me this is the same thing. That that is the thing. There is a standard, and it's not that Evil's not a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. He just he's literally not up to the standard, and that's a standard of excellence and greatness that New Japan set. Jeremy, you've been strangely silent on this thing, and you know we didn't even hear much from you in our personal lives. You know after you watched the show, like yeah, so, you know you've been holding you, this. <laughs> you've been holding it in, bro. Like tell us, like what you know, what are you thinking? Yeah, man, this was the worst IWGP title match that I've scenes that i've been watching full time uh you know i was watching this um had a few uh folks over here at the dojo socially distanced we had our mask on so we were, we were all safe you know i wiped everything down but yeah i was watching it with uh josh number two zach and uh jamie and just the whole as the match was going on i'm like how long is this thing going it's like <laughs> it's like 20 minute call i'm like 20 we're at 20 minutes 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 30. I'm like, why is this match still going on so long? This match was way, way, way too long. I'm sorry. Like, I get it. I know it's the big return of, of New Japan, big return of IWGB title match, Osaka Joe Hall. You want to give the people something. You want to give them in that lengthy, meaty main event. But this was not it. This was way too. They could have done. Honestly, I would have probably preferred if Evil would have just squashed Naito. And I would. I prefer that too. At, at this point, um, honestly, this this match was really more of just an extended angle to me. Yeah, so, that's what it was. Like, you know, you had the whole thing uh, with Milano, which you forgot to talk about after the New Japan Cup match. We had uh, Milano kind of yeah. breaking down in tears after the New Japan Cup match, and then this match. You know, he still had the, 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 the toy scythe and, you know, I guess he was hoping Evil would turn back and then Evil attacked him and broke the scythe and threw him into the barricade and stuff like that. I, I, I really enjoyed that. That was like one of the two or three things that I actually liked about this match. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was cool. But everything else, I just felt like an extended angle. You know, he, he puts him through the table with the knee and literally. Just oh, went, I loved that. 
Again, that was a cool spot, but I feel like that's like a post-match kind of beat down or something, you know, pre-match kind of thing. Thing, but like, I don't know. Nice, gets his ass up and runs around like nothing happened. Like ten minutes later, I'm like, okay, yeah, it it was really devastating. He went through it so convincingly, and like Evil spent a lot of time on the knee in this match, and then like you said, Rich. Naito was just running around on it at the end of the match and never selling it, which was like, and uh, this is, and this is cringe. why, and, and I'm not even a person that that like picks at nonsensical selling like that, right? But this is why Naito is not Tanahashi. We've yeah. seen Tanahashi have my knees don't work, great matches for years now. He stands in there and he fights and then he sells and he can't like move, and if he does. It's a all or nothing risk. Either he's gonna fucking win or it's gonna cost him the match. Like this guy, he's he's exactly what he's always been. A cheap knockoff of Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a little I don't know, that's a little too like there was a time where he was like one of the top two or three best wrestlers in the world. So I mean, come on. But he's but, not right now. But yeah, I, he's he's riding off the love. Like he he's because y'all like him because y'all think he's his suits look nice. Like these, this man has consistently proved that he will come out here and mail it in in big situations year after year after fucking year. And, and, and why these people cry for for this Tokyo Dome moment? Oh, Naito, he finally got to win both belts that he lost every fucking match on the way to. Like it didn't make sense. Go to hell. I was glad he lost. I don't care. Like. It's only because evil's the champion. Like, like get the fuck out of here. Like, like throw the light, throw this main event in the fucking bin, light it ablaze, uh burn it in a trash can. Like Seth Seth Rollins, burn and, it down. And, and sing and, and sing doo-wop around it. Like burn I, it down. Burn it a down. 5.76 rating on cage match right now. That's embarrassing. Jeremy, what were you saying after he uh dropped him through the table? Yeah, Naito's performance I felt was just lackluster here. Like, like Rich has been saying, it's clear that he's just not saying Naito. He's washed. Like, I just felt like he totally mailed it in, and people are, are calling his quote unquote selling. They're calling it selling. I feel like he's mailing it in. Like, he's just not the same wrestler he is. And so he just does these matches now where he just gets beat up for thirty minutes, and then he hits Destino, and you think maybe he might win, and maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't. And it was just you know not an inspiring performance. I've seen some people, like you said, Josh said, oh, well, he's tranquilo, and that's why there was no heat and no anger. And then I've seen other people be like, oh, well, you know, there was one point where, like, he, he raked his back, and you could tell he was really really mad at him. Like, he threw something at him, and I was like, yo, did you not see, like, the Chris Jericho match with Naito? Like, yeah. Right. Jericho, all Jericho, that was a heated match. Jericho jumped him. This was his best friend, his lieutenant, his pareja. This was the man that he brought back in from excursion. Like he should have been on his head worse than he was on Jericho. This Jeremy, should, why, why, why was he on Jericho and not Evil? I can tell you one reason. Why? Because he was gonna beat Jericho, and he was gonna lose to Evil, and that is exactly <laughs> why. No, I'm not even being funny. This is not a joke. I know it sounds funny, but that actually is the reason. He didn't go hard because he was losing, and if he was winning, he would have put in probably like a Tokyo Dome-esque performance against his compatriot, but because he was losing to the guy, he put in a lackluster performance, and that is the truth. 
Then what was the excuse for the Kenta now, match? Now you know what that he won look, that you one. Know, now you know. Oh, that's a good one. I was gonna say. Now you know what that makes me want to do is like go back through his history and and notice when the times he's laid it down and what the performance has been like, and then the times that he's went up, what those performances have been like because he's didn't he have that that horrible match with Suzuki a couple years ago where it was Bro, just like multiple oh. multiple bad matches with Suzuki. So those IC multiple. title matches. In in multiple years, yeah, and they all they they all were not good. But yeah, but Man. I think back to the Kenta match. I didn't think his performance was great in that match either, and he he won that match. So, but but this is different because this was like bigger. I would say in a, in a certain respect, and because it was evil, I think he would have tried to make evil look really good if he was ain't that supposed evil. to be his homeboy for like 15 years or whatever. That's what, that's what I'm saying. He would have tried to make evil look good if he was beating evil, but because he wasn't beating evil. He didn't try that hard. And that is, like, anyone who thinks I'm lying or ha- has a bad take, you go watch the match and tell me he tried to put his buddy over and make him a big star. He didn't. I've been watching wrestling a long time, and that's not what that looks like when you try to make someone look good. Yeah, and then, like you guys mentioned, we had all the cheating, all the interference. We had, you know, Master Hito, Jado, I don't care, 30 years, it's a biz, strolling, <laughs> d- strolling down the ring yeah. for his run-in. <laughs> This man was strolling down the ring with the cane, and then Taiji Ishimori runs past him like a kid that hurts a freaking ice cream truck. Um, and you have these guys constantly interfering. Uh, you, you have Red Shoes having to save Evil uh, or save Naito from Evil at one point with the chair shot. It's like at this point, why is the match even? Not, why are you not throwing the match out then? Um, yeah, y- yeah. He hit him with a uh, chair shot right in the middle of the ring. Was Red Shoes around? I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure, and I don't remember now. But I'm thinking about the spot where, like, he put him through the table, and then he's on the outside. He's going to hit him with a chair, but then Red Shoes like came and protected him with the table, so he wouldn't do it. Uh, so yeah, you had all that, and then you have a fake Bushi running in a, a Bushi with 30 extra pounds of muscle on him. Right, and it's like, okay, clearly this is not Bushi. Uh, and I didn't know who the fuck it was, but I was like, "Damn, they swole." Right, Mora. <laughs> Yo, like when I saw him jump on a thing, I was like, "Why did he like jump up on the apron and act like he's trying to help him up and make it so transparent that he's about to fuck this man?" Like they didn't try to be like creative or swift at all. Yeah, pulls the mask mask off and it's, it's Dick Togo. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, they have that, and then Evil does the stomping low blow and does the everything is evil. One, two, three. He's our new double champion. He's the you know, the face of the company now. He's the leader of the Bullet Club. I was not a fan of this at all. Look, man, I, I done seen New Japan at its peak. This ain't the fucking peak. Like, I don't know what Ghetto's doing right now. Um People lose touch with things every day in their life. One day you wake up and and all of a sudden your back hurts. Uh, maybe you don't run as fast anymore. Maybe you don't jump as high. Well, maybe Gato don't book as well anymore. Like, cause this is like question marks it's all over this. Well, here uh, we could wax poetic on this, and I'm not gonna cut you guys off. I think we should continue to talk about it, but we have so many questions about this topic and i think that they're going to create a lot of interesting talking points so yeah i think we should go through those and kind of discuss this thing yeah so the the first three i think we kind of covered we had a question from primetime pope saying what the fuck question from josh hold on, number hold two. On. on the reddit when people ask questions people can up like it or upvote it 
this uh this one from primetime pope that says yeah what the fuck it's got like 12 or 13 upvotes hilarious <laughs> uh, everyone like-minded yeah we had a uh, josh, josh number two saying why with a bunch of uh, question marks we had uh at weston gibbon on twitter saying what just happened then a question from EMJ does PR. He says, question of the week, does Gato hate Naito? Yes. <laughs> you know, I used to say nah, like there's a whole plan in place. Just wait for the payoff. But now I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah. Look, wait, look, the payoff happened. Look, there's no more mythical uh, fucking title win for, for him to chase. Now it's just, yep, you're coming out here and getting jobbed. Oh well, it's like it's like the Daniel Bryan storyline almost, huh? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, next question, and you see, and you see what happened. People lost hope eventually. Yeah. Uh, next question from our buddy Danny at NJP, NJPWEXT on Twitter: How much does an evil IWGP title reign reduce <laughs> its prestige? <laughs> All right. So, Let's- so this is this is what I'll say about it. Um, this is one of the most prestigious titles in the history of the sport due to the way it's been booked, the types of matches that have been contested over it, the caliber of opponent that challenges for it. And it's got such a lofty history that even when you make a really, 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 really bad decision, like the one we just saw, it is hard for to say that it's going to damage it reparably or anything anything hyperbolic like that but i will say this in the short term the last time that you could even point to a guy that maybe was not as deserving as the rest of the guys that have held it in the say the past decade is like maybe in 2010 when makabe held it but makabe was a big star and the leader of a successful uh, you know, long-term stable, and in the middle of one of the hottest feuds in the company when he held the title. I mean, I don't know. This feels more like, and people are going to think I'm being facetious, but I'm telling you I'm not. This feels more similar to Bob Sapp and Tatsuya Yasuda and, like, those guys than it does, and, like, even, say, Brock Lesnar, than it, than it does, like... Tetsuya Naito or Hiroshi Tanahashi or Kazushiko Okada or Kenny Omega or even Jay White. Like, again, I, we gave you guys a laundry list of names of guys who are in the company who, you know, are way more deserving, way more talented, and way more believable as champion than evil is. And I know wrestling isn't always about who's the most deserving, you know? It's about stories. It's about drawing money. But let me ask you: You think they're going to draw money with, with Watanabe? You think they're going to tell? You think they're going to have some sort? Yeah, you think they're going to have some sort of really compelling story? And I've also seen arguments from people that are like the 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 they're like the domestic fans are really behind this, and I'm kind of like, well, a, how do we really know? B, yeah. even if they are, I remember when the domestic fans were really into the stories with Don Fry. And really into the stories mm-hmm. with Mark Coleman, and really into the stories with Josh Bar- Barnett, and really into the stories with with Noyo Ogawa, and look how that shit turned out. Just because they are interested in something initially doesn't mean it's going to turn out well. And I'm telling you right now, 
evil doesn't have the ability to carry a storyline like this long term. This is going to be a black mark on the history of the title. I don't I'm not saying it's going to make it irreparably damaged, but it will be this little black mark that people are going to be like, remember when evil fucking held the IWGP title? This is Jinder Mahal. like a punchline. It's like it's like when Jinder Mahal held the title. It really is. It's not it wasn't booked as shittily as that, but it's evil. Evil should not be touching the IWGP title. It fucking sucks. Right. Like, you think about Dominion two years ago, and when that title changed hands, how big that moment felt when Kenny finally beat Okada. And then, it, I don't know, I think you can go to Wrestle Kingdom 13, and when Tanahashi wins that belt, while we all like, wow, it was a classic match, and, you know, everyone's status is still up in the air, but when Tanahashi walked out with it, we were like, something doesn't feel right. Like, we, like I don't know. And then from there, the it IWGP right title. <laughs> no, you, you you said it said it to me later on. It was like, well, I don't know, man. It feels like the past or whatever, right? But yeah. going forward off of that, like, the belt is like, you know, it went to Jay White for like a month where he didn't actually have to sell out a building or anything. Then he drops it immediately to Okada for Okada's like, he sold out this title run. Garden. Come on, man. Um <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, like Okada has the belt all of last year, but that's not no like legendary reign that Okada had. That was just Okada having the belt again. And then this, like, I feel like this belt has like just tumbled like downward. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. And, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I I don't like this decision at all. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you, Josh. Like, I I definitely like obviously IWGP. I still think it's you know one of the more prestigious titles in wrestling. Um, but I do think this evil title reign is going to be a black mark. It's going to be when you're watching the champion roll call and you, you see the oh, Brock Lesnar, you see Brock Lesnar, you see Bob <laughs> Sapp, you see those champions. You're like, oh yeah, they're the champion. Yeah. And then we're eventually we're going to see evil pass by on that thing. And we're going to be like, oh my gosh, remember when they decided to put the, the title on evil. And, and the thing is like, he's going to have the benefit of new Japan only having to fill one third of buildings. So his drawing ability is not going to get tested. And so honestly, I get people like, yeah, it's great that they're trying something new and it's experiment. Well, how do we know if the experiment's going to even work? Cause right. They're going to, they're going to fill up those buildings. One third of them, regardless of who champion is. People are thirsty to come to the building already because they've been in the house for months and months. You can't attribute that to evil. Well, here's the thing, Jeremy, you're absolutely right. You know, it's an experiment. Well, why do you do an experiment to see what's going to happen? But before you do it, you have to have a theory. And your theory (laughs) is, I think this is what will happen. And I'm telling you right now, if the theory is that we can actually turn evil into a marketable drawing star long term, y'all betting on the wrong guy. You picked the wrong fucking guy. And there's going to be a lot of people who are like, well, who should have they gone of? This situation, this situation, this situation. I don't know. I'm not the booker, but I'll tell you if I was the booker, what I wouldn't do, I wouldn't under any circumstances put the IWGP double title on evil Watanabe. No fucking way. Zero appeal uh, in the United States. Zero appeal in England. Like, (laughs) zero appeal around the world except Japan. Like, are you an international company or not? Well, I don't, I don't agree with that. He is very popular, and I, even in the states, I would say he's very popular. But it, here's here's my like example: 
there's a difference between being a very popular upper mid card act and being a world championship title level act. You know what I mean? Right. This is like some, this is like some Ronnie Garvin shit. Like this is. It is. It, it is. It's. It's like it, that's a that's a good example. You know, it's something similar. Like Ronnie Garvin's super popular. They put the title on him. People didn't believe it because he's not world championship level caliber. That'd be like, that'd be like them taking Zack Ryder and then putting the world title on him. It's like he's popular. He gets pops. People like him. He's got a following. But don't no one want to see him win the world title? Right. So uh, next yeah, question. I don't get this. <laughs> next question here from Reddit user Rambone Slam Pig. He says, "I've asked this question before, but I'll ask it again. Did Naito hit Gato's dog or something? What the fuck? <laughs> Naito <Yeah>. must suffer. <laughs> yeah, we, Naito must suffer. <laughs> he, also, he also says Bullet Club seems like it might be a little bloated. It isn't such an issue now with travel restrictions, but what do you think will happen when uh, Kenta, JY, God, and possibly Gallows and Andersons are all able to return to Japan?" I will say this. Um, at first thought, the idea of a bull, of a civil war doesn't sound like the – when I first heard it and I thought of it, I was like, that sounds shitty. But then once I started th- thinking about Gallows and Anderson kind of being injected into that sort of thing, then that actually breathes a little bit of life to it and is like, okay, maybe there could be some redeeming quality to an angle there. But, you know, we don't even know when that's going to be like. Right now, I think New Japan's not anticipating on getting any Gaijin workers back until, like, honestly, next year. Yeah. So I think that's that's why Evil's the leader, because they're not getting Kenta back, and they're not getting Jay White back. And so I, a lot of people probably thought, oh, this is like reactionary booking and short-term booking. I don't think it is. I think it's necessary because their leaders are stuck in other countries. But I did see a uh, tweet that Jay White put out that was like, so people think it's his reaction to this, and it's just him looking off in the distance, kind of angrily, like it's a shot, uh, an in-ring shot of him. And there's no caption, there's no words, but it's pretty clear that like, it almost implies that maybe he didn't know that they were doing this. And I wouldn't be surprised if God and him and everyone else stateside didn't even know that they were making Evil the leader of the Bullet Club. Like, I literally wouldn't be shocked about that. At all, you know, the Bullet Club always seemed like it's kind of you know people always got to consult with people you know behind the scenes and shit, and some people get offended when some people don't and shit. So, um, oh my god, yeah, you know maybe there was a, some type of power play made. Well, I don't know. On, I don't on Tamla's Island. He there was a question when they were talking about Evil and Sonata, and he was like, "Man, he's like, we're gonna see." One of these guys break out this year. He's like, I think Evil would be great in the Bullet Club. Like, I think we could really help him with his edge. Blah 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 blah, something like that. So, so, so you think he was doing? Uh, who was that? They used to always. Was it uh, <laughs> Vince Russo before every pay per view? Yes, he'd accurately predict the matches that he booked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so maybe you're right. I haven't Big Venom. <laughs> yeah, but, but um. My idea, I'm not really – I don't want to see a Bullet Club Civil War, quote-unquote. I want to see one of these two hypothetical groups, whoever they may be, break off so that we can have a solidified version of a Bullet Club and something that is not Bullet Club that is wholly new, similar to like when Chaos was born out of Rise and out of Great Bash Heel. I would like that potential i don't want to see we're the real bullet club no we're the real bullet club when none of y'all even look like the bullet club that i remember 
You got like you know, <laughs> it looks like two groups playing Bullet Club. I yeah. I don't like that idea at all. But I but Gallows and Anderson returning does kind of sound sort of exciting. But at the same time, think of this: as cool as those ideas sound, do you want to see Evil Kenta or Evil Jay White or Evil and Tamatanga? Who are the Who are the wrestlers going to be in this great civil war? Like, what what are these matches going to look like? Because they yeah. sound like they're going to suck. Those matches don't sound cool to me. And also, I think uh, ELP is going to be really confused when he tries to use all the leader's moves because he's going to be like, which leader's move do I use? Do I do the sling blade? Or the, you know, do I do the everything's evil? Like, I don't know which move to do. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll talk about the Civil War a little bit more. We have a bunch of questions on that. But uh, next question from our user Rising Falcons. Would it be better to defend the IC title and the heavyweight title separately or keep defending them at the same time? It, I mean, it was. You came it, this it, far was, with it. it was always a stupid idea to uh, unify them, and at this point, no matter who the champion is, you cannot have. I don't care who the champion is, including Evil. You cannot have your champion drop the IC belt and stay IWGP champion. Right. So it's stupid. Like they should either have the champion vacate or just merge those shits together, or. I don't know. It's, it sounds like someone like Okada would be like, you know, I ain't never cared about the, the white belt. I want a challenge for that belt. And then Okada, Rainmaker, one, two, three. Okada's rise again, back on top of the mountain. <laughs> Use a box of LIJ tissue. You could do that because then Evil could stay the IC champ. And that's, IC probably champion. Where, that's probably where he should have been in the first place. Right. I think, yeah, if they're going to do keep having two separate like lineages for the title, then, yeah, I think – that's probably the best fight to go have Okada just challenge for one, whoever just challenge for one and win it. And that's how you separate it. If not, then it just seems to be a double crown at this point. Bro, Jeremy, remember all those questions we've been getting over the last few years. People have been asking, who do you think will be the next IWGP champion? That's never won it. We've been, <laughs> <laughs> we've been naming everybody. Never evil. <laughs> we've never, never has my mind even come like dared to even consider that. Evil could possibly be the guy. God. Uh, I'd rather have Tai Chi as the IWGP champion. Man, Rich, Rich has really turned around on Tai Chi. <laughs> this, Rich and James ridiculed me last year when I said maybe Tai Chi could beat John Moxley in the G1. Maybe. <laughs> no, nah, that, that's still crazy. <laughs> it's the G1. Uh Next question here from Reddit user: Why did you do that, bro? Never six man belts. What happens to them? We, we kind of discussed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had that one earlier. Yeah. Uh, so next, Roman air. <laughs> next question from Michael Brady: What is Gato smoking and how much? <laughs> he says, "No, for real though." Actual question: Unless I'm mistaken, Evil Shingo and Bushi are still never six man champs. Did Gato forget about this? Does he have a plan in regards to those three belts, or does he just not give a damn? I wouldn't say he has a plan necessarily. Maybe he does, but here's the one thing I will give him a little bit of slack slack on. It doesn't excuse everything, but this is someone who plans meticulously all their booking out years in advance, and then COVID happened, and then the shutdown happened, and then they're like, all right, you got to get shit back on track, and also you've got a limited roster, and also you you only got a couple months to do it. So I could see how there might be some uh, – not everything's perfect. you know. I get that. So I'm not – I don't know. Maybe this is the plan. Maybe it's not. But ultimately, I, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Six-man tag belts, 
they're the six man tag bill. So they're the least prestigious title in the company that, you know, the FTW title is more legitimate than, <laughs> than the six man tag belts. And that's not even a real title. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, he, yeah, you know, like you said, coming back on who knows when they were given notice on when they'll be coming back and how long he had to get things together. I'm sure the six man belts were the last thing he was really thinking about when getting stuff back going. Yeah, when he was uh, deciding to book evil, he's like, oh, shit, I can't do this. He's a six-man champ. Six-man champ, <laughs> yes. Yeah, get or didn't care. And I think it might be a little way to show you that, like, we have to kind of, like, break our minds from, like, oh, someone's already kind of spoken for with the booking. Because now Gator's showing y'all, like, I can color outside the lines if I want. Right. Which is nice. I mean, I'm always for that, provided they're – doing it with the right people the right players involved right they just pick, right. they just pick the, the only problem here is they picked the wrong guy that's the only problem here <laughs> right he he's he's coloring outside the lines with a spray pan, with a spray can rather than like you know crayons or color pencils like nah man you got the wrong weapon equipped all right so the the next several questions are all relate to bull club civil war so i'm going to read all of these and then we can kind of have a, a general discussion on this um, so question from at Supermastodon on Twitter. The thoughts on a much better Bullet Club inner warfare story some sometime in the future. At some point, the natives and gaijins have to butt heads. One might think differing in philosophies. It has potential to be better than the elite versus OGs that flopped hard. Question from Reddit user Agent Wallaby. With a Bullet Club, with Bullet Club getting thick yet again, do you guys think there will be a true Bullet Club Civil War? Evil and Jay White and Kenta are all betrayers, and it's only a matter of time before Gato's con- congregation of criminal implodes on itself, and I don't think Brother Carl is going to appreciate what his old crew has been up to when he returns. From at Weston Gibbon, how's all this going to end up? Too many alphas in Bullet Club, right? Then from Reddit user Viking Pain, says, what if this somehow leads to a real Bullet Club Civil War? The elite were leaving, so they couldn't really build anything but all the current BC members are under contract, so that would build to that could be built long term. Kenta J White and now Evil all in Bull Club is just asking for an implosion. Not to mention the Good Brothers and GOD aren't going to be playing second fiddle to anyone to to one another too. The possibility of us getting a babyface J White and GOD is going to be crazy. Also, people might not like it, but Evil Wing does two things in my opinion: it elevates him to the upper card and builds up a new star. It gives them a way to separate the two titles. The one booking issue New Japan had was how they were going to separate the IC and heavyweight titles without hurting Naito. If Naito lost the heavyweight title, he becomes synonymous with the IC title and being stuck in purgatory like Nakamura. And no one is dumb enough kayfabe-wise to challenge for the IC title over the heavyweight title. Having Evil beat Naito gives them an out because Evil is a heel and it's believable to have him be willing to only defend one title at a time. And if Evil loses the heavyweight title, he still holds the IC title, a belt that's never held before, so his credibility isn't hurt. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Naito wins a weight title back before the G1 in October. Uh, Josh number two asks, Carl Anderson is going to splinter Bullet Club, right? So, guys, thoughts um, on Bullet Club, Civil War, and what that could mean. So, so I spoke quite a bit on it, and I'm going to let you guys speak on it. My, my final thoughts, basic. well, one thing is, uh, in that long question from Viking Payne, he said the one booking issue they had i'm telling you right now they got a lot more than one booking issue right now (laughs) yeah but um you know that i think a lot of people are saying oh this great civil war this great civil war is gonna happen and i'm thinking like all right 
in theory, it's a lot of fun to play like fantasy booker and think like how cool an interfactional warfare could hypothetically be. But then you also got to think about like what makes those cool is like how cool the wrestlers and characters that you have in those factions actually are. And, um, you know, it's, this is not going to be, if they do it right, it's not going to be UWFI versus new Japan. You know, that's what I think people are thinking it's going to be. And it's, it's just not. And I'm telling you right now, they can't draw money and they can't have great matches with the players that they have involved here. I'm not opposed to them splitting the group. I'm not even opposed to them having a feud, but that's pretty much all this quote unquote civil war should really be. It's just, it's too bloated. Let's split them. Let's have a little feud. Let's move on. It, anyone who thinks that this is going to be something that like triumphs over what the original bullet club split was going to be. I think you guys are sorely mistaken. You know, I don't think it is going to be that great because it's evil and it's Jay white and it's Kenta (laughs) and it's God and the good brothers. And I mean, those guys, I like a lot of those guys, but come on. I mean, that's not top level. It's, it's just not like, that's not like, it's just not, you know, and it'd be a lie to say that it was. Yeah, it'd be a lot of cap and, and a lot of revisionist history. And, you know, um, not, I, I would argue, um, Viking Pain, that Naito already is synonymous with the IC title. Uh, and if they, you know, they they showed you how much they cared about him, they beat him in a second defense. Um, they, you know, I, you know, I... <sighs> They're they're already defending the belts together, so that's out the window. Like the, the kayfabe wise, him defending it, you know, one one at a time. You may have submitted that question before uh, the announcement, so I don't want to jump on you too much. But um, yeah, as Josh was saying, like it feels like you know people are trying to microwave uh, an idea with lesser parts, and doesn't really sound that interesting. Jy is a babyface. I mean, I I think the guy's one of the best heels going. Like. I don't know if anyone's actually clamoring for clamoring for him to turn babyface. I mean, I I would be interested in a Jay White babyface run just because then he could stop cheating and actually wrestle and have good matches. We we saw what he can do before Excursion and when he was you know having bangers with Will Ospreay and Ring of Honor and the, his run there and wrestling guys like Alex Shelley and Jay Lethal and all the good stuff he was doing in Ring of mm-hmm. Honor and even when he was a young lion. I mean, think back to his matches with Kenny and stuff like that, like. You know, Jay was a promising talent. And I think he does have, you know, the the ability to be a, a top Bayface guy. But to your point, like you're saying, Rich, I I also think he's he's great in the heel role. And I you know I like the Switchblade character. And I I think you know he has great he's great heel promos. And he like Josh mentioned earlier, like he knows what, how to powder. He knows how to ham it up. He really knows how to utilize that heel role really well. Um, and when he wants to try, he's really fucking good. Yeah. Now, as far as my that, th- that's that's the part we need to have Orange Cassidy holler at him and and let him know how he gets motivated <laughs> to try. Uh, as far as my thoughts on Bull Club Civil War, like I was saying earlier, I don't, I did not mind Evil turning heel. I did not mind Evil leaving Lij. I really wish that he would have just done his own thing. And like you said, Josh, like if this is a way for him to do his own thing, fine. Like, yes, Bull Club's too too big. Let's split it off. Let's have all the natives go with evil. All the gaijins stick with Jay White and Dick and 
split off do two separate factions but i don't think this is not going to be a big money feud like they there's they, they're not going to come even if there was no, even if they could travel to the U.S., like a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club match of Evil and J- versus Jay White is not going to be a big draw in the U.S., and I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal in Japan either. Um, because like they don't have like like those fans that are with Evil, they don't identify with him as the Bullet Club person. Like he's an Lij person. Well, one thing to that, and this is something important to think about, and there's pros and cons to it. This thing's not happening anytime soon you know it's going to be a long time before it ever happens if it even does happen so maybe they will identify evil with bullet club and maybe that will be good or maybe that will be bad <laughs> you know like, this man sunk this shit to new lows like <laughs> yeah we we have no way of knowing what is going to happen to the quote-unquote bullet club between now and the time that all the foreigners actually come back. Also, let me ask you guys, because, you know, Rich, you're on a show that, you know, has never been afraid to tackle racial issues. Let me ask you a racial question. Is it bad of me (laughs) to want this to be a foreigner led faction? Is it, am I racist in that? I don't want it to be a primarily (laughs) Japanese group. (laughs) I, I, I would say you were racist. I, I would make jokes though. I'd be like, "Oh, so you know, we got to we got to find a spot a spot for the white man apparently, you yeah. know, in this thing, you know." But um, you know, you, you look at the history of the group and what the group has always been, and there's always been like you know, uh, you know, charismatic, you know, singles white guy in the leading it or whatever, whether it's Balor or. Um, Kenny Styles or even Jay White, um, and his charisma comes and goes. But um, <laughs> yeah, like th- this just makes it like another like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like like it, I, it's not what Bullet Club is. Like I'll tell you, it, I'll it, tell you this: whoever, whichever team splits off and starts their own thing, they will be the smart ones. The losers are going to be the winners in this situation. Look, so so what you're saying is somebody needs to start their own sub brand within the Bullet Club, right? With their own branding and, and branched out and, and get over. You know, that's, that's not it, that's it, not what I'm saying. Is <laughs> that what we're saying? You know, because no, I, I seem to re- remember someone doing that before. <laughs> you know, no, I'm saying they just need to start. I'm saying that like. I could see Gallows and Anderson showing up and like aligning with God and aligning with like uh, Jay White and being like, "This shit isn't what we started and it's cooked. Is dead. We're gonna. It's dead. We're leaving it behind. Y'all can have it. We're gonna start our own thing. And if they do that, they will actually start something that actually is hot and will actually grow. Whichever team gets saddled with Bullet Club as a brand." And has to keep doing the two sweet after seven years, and has to keep doing, dude. That's it, it, the shit, bro. It feels like the the twenty three year old showing up to the high school party. Like, what are you doing here? Like, like your time has passed. You're twenty seven. What are you doing in the college uh, party? <laughs> we loved when the twenty seven year olds showed up to our parties. They buy us the beer. Let's see, college <laughs> plan. <laughs> Oh, I was a man. good kid. I wasn't I wasn't drinking beer in high school. Get out of here. You know, I too enjoy when Jeff Jarrett was the leader of the NWO. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know. 
All right, so uh, I, you know, moving crazy, on, man. moving on here. I next feel week. like I, I feel like people are gonna be listening to this and being like, "Man, they're everything I was excited about. They're shitting on." But I just like want to point the reality of it. Like I remember when Stevie Ray was was, was told by Hulk Hogan, he's now in charge <laughs> of the NWO. You're the real leader. Yes. Oh my gosh. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. So next question here from Hawaiian Punch BV. He says, I know it's been years since Dick to Go has been associated with chaos, but could he be the chaos mole? <laughs> you know what? Sure. Why not? Wow. We finally answered the age old question. Dick to go. So, hit up hit up uh hit up Rocky Knight and be like, was Dick Togo the mole in chaos this whole time? <laughs> Uh, man he also uh, D- dick togo was raw uh bro. back in, in, and he's I, from what i hear he's still raw i don't know if he's still raw because i haven't seen him but i can I, if i had if i was a betting man i would put money that right now at 50 years old he is better than 80 percent of the active bullet club members that are already in the group <laughs> and i bet you i win hey might be right might be right. We, we won't have to wait long. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this next question. Said, oh, also, Dick Togo, way more deserving of an IWGP title run than Watanabe. Damn. <laughs> uh, Dick. <laughs> he says, if Zero One doesn't re-sign Ikutu Haidakata, I don't know how you say that, his name. Hidaka. Hidaka. Uh, would you like to see him reunite with Gato, Jado, and Togo in Bullet Club? I guess. I think that's like some Michinoku Pro type stuff, and I'm not like as up on it as other people, but uh, I don't. Well, I don't actually, really... Josh, it would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at, at this point, why not? You know, go for it. Add, add another member. Let, what else can you do? Let's just get all the freelancers and add in the Bullet Club in Japan. Just yeah, make Bullet Club sucks. Let's now. make Bullet Club as big as possible. I, I'm gonna be. I'm not wearing my bullet club shirt out. Here. I'm gonna be embarrassed. <laughs> Look, we need to. We need to change uh, that that music that j- that they come out to to that NWB team. That <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, next music time with Rich. <laughs> Next question from Dan Coffin. Who do you want to see challenge Evil next after Hiromu, assuming Evil retains? Does Naito get a rematch eventually, or is he out of the title picture? No, nah, Naito got to fight the Young Lions, too. <laughs> I I think Knight. Uh, just my personal opinion, and I don't, because I, I don't know what they're going to do between now and, say, the G1, so this just seems like the most plausible thing based on the cards that we're going to talk about here upcoming, it seems like they're keeping this whole evil versus LIJ thing going. And it's very normal for a first time unexpected champion to have a short reign with one tile defense. So Uh I think he will fight Naito again for the title at probably summer struggle and lose to Naito. And that will be that. I think that's what's happening, but I could be wrong. I, I, I'm gonna agree with you, Josh. Um, it feels like we're in a um, like with Evil, just this unprecedented kind of level of person holding his belt, and let alone two belts. Uh, I'm just gonna assume he loses them as quick as possible. Gato can't be this off his rocker. I think. 
Bro, I like I know that it's just wrestling and like we shouldn't be so worked up, but I feel sick to my stomach the idea that the IWGP title is on evil. Like I'm walking around during the day and like it's not I'm not fixated on it, but the moment I think about it, I'm just like, ugh, that sucks. Yeah. Like yeah. you can go through the Wikipedia page and start naming guys off and be like, such and such are evil. <laughs> and you you can add up a lot of guys. I remember like when I found out that like Bray Wyatt won the title and I was just like, ugh. That's how I feel about yeah. evil. Like evil's yeah. the champion, ugh. That yeah. Sucks. Yeah, I, I I hope it's that quick of a title change because you know the one thing that's hard about this year with COVID and you know limited schedules and buildings, we're not sure what the what's the rest of the year looks like. We know G one's gonna be in the fall, but Right now, there's a gap between Summer Struggle and G1, and we don't know how many shows they're going to do in between there. But I, I just can't picture Evil walking into G1 as the double champion. That means he would have to be like at the top of the block in the G1. Yeah, exactly. He just is not. And, and yeah, he doesn't have what it takes to be there. Yeah, but he doesn't have what it takes to win the title. He won that shit, so who knows? Yeah, I'll tell you no. what. Regardless, the the one thing I do know, they are not walking into no Tokyo Dome with Evil as the IWGP <laughs> champion. So he's definitely losing it sometime. And with the way the calendar looks, it's probably going to be before October comes. So Let, let's hope that's Man. the case. Man. Uh, next question from Kevin Crawford. His thoughts on Dick to Go helping Evil get the win over Naito and what role he plays in Bullet Club moving forward. Uh, I mean, I didn't really, I thought like it was, I guess it was like this big, like swerve, but I don't know how like attached the modern day audience is to Dick Togo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, like if I, I didn't see him in like Kayentai and stuff, I wouldn't even know who it is. Um, what is his role play to be in the bull club moving forward? Just another guy. Just another heater. <laughs> <Jack>. <laughs> a heater that can bump. Yeah. Bro, but I bet I may we might not see how good he is because he's probably gonna be playing like a heater character, but like I bet you he's still raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, like I was just so over the match by the time Dick Tico even came yeah. out and was choking Naito, like wasn't really that intrigue, like Dick to Go, is like a name I barely remember from Kai and Tai and Blue World Order. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't like something I was mm-hmm. excited about. So and yeah, Bull Club. I think as of right now, he will probably be you know the, the second in command for Evil, kind of like Carl Anderson was for AJ and Fergal and that kind of stuff. And so he'll be like Evil's right hand man moving forward. Uh, next question from Dylan James: Who was taking the titles off of Evil at Wrestle Kingdom, and why did you answer with anyone but Sonata? Oh well, no, double no! All right, so a this guy's not going to Wrestle Kingdom with the titles. B, bro, I don't know if Sonata's staying with New Japan at this rate. I got a feeling he is not. That we might see him show up in some Noah or some All Japan. I really think that. Mm. Why? Because, bro, doesn't it feel like like they're done with him and he's done with them? This, I don't know. That's just how I feel. This feels like, like he some, could go to well because he, he's he, always had WWE interest. Yeah, but he can't now with COVID. But right. like he's yeah. a, he's a freelancer, and I don't know. This feels like when Davy Boy Smith was pissed. Like if I was him, I'd be pissed. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, last, mailing it in. Last year he had the big feud of Okada, those four big matches, several fa- failed IWGP title defenses. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying I wanted to see Sonata and Okada again by any means, but like if I'm Sonata and they're pushing my homeboy like this, and and I was always the raw, like I was the Shawn Michaels and he was the Janetti, and they give him the Shawn Michaels push. Fuck that. I'm going to Noah. I'm going to fight Keto Kiyomiya. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. That uh, man needs to learn somebody elite level working. Figure out what's going on. That man wasn't getting no dolls made for him. Like, that man be getting phased out for a while. He ain't got no belts, nothing. Cold. <laughs> yeah, bro. That I, And, like, I'm not just saying that to be funny. Like, I really. Look, I and that man's an outsider. I got this strange feeling that he's not long for New Japan. That's just my inclination. Mm. Hey, you might be ahead. Yeah. Uh, next question from Kyle Moores. How is Dick to go on my, te- on my television in 2020? Well, you had to get the New Japan World app, and then you had to put it on your television, and then you had to watch. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, you just see Dick on the screen, and it's just like, I didn't know Dick to go was still out here, you know, getting to it, apparently. Like, bro, when he choked him out with that wire, I was like, yo, this is like some maiming type uh, stuff. Like, yo, I like, actually, that was like. I thought that was corny. Like, I've been watching this uh, show on Netflix, Dark. Which actually, mm-hmm. by by the way, I think Dark is the new goat when it comes to television shows ever. I watched Dark. Oh, bro, you gotta finish it. <laughs> Did you finish? No, you watched the other Dark. AEW Dark, you know, bro. Last week, Josh hit me up. He's like, "Yo, I just watched Dark." He's like, "Not the show, not AEW. This show's raw." I was like, "I just got done watching AEW Dark." <laughs> watching yo. They they got a character on the show who's going around using one of those uh like I don't even what know what you call it, wires. And yeah. like he'd be killing people in seconds with it. And I'm like, how the fuck is Dick Togo holding that on Naito for so long and he's not dead? Like obvious cooperation. Yeah. Broken my suspension suspense of believability. <laughs> like this is stupid. Yep. Next question from Murray Bone. He says, How mid is Bullet Club? Fifty be out of 100 like fire mid <laughs> like super mid <laughs> like, like super like shitty mids it's the like, midiest mid you can get like i thought bull club i had already like proven this to be mid after you know you know the elite left but this is like a new low that i didn't know existed like it was like Yo, it fell to the pit, and then all of a sudden, the bottom of the pit broke, and then it kept going. That's where we're at right now. It's mid in that, like, you feel the baggy, and it feels fluffy, and then you, you, you dump it out, and there's just stems and seeds everywhere. Sucks. Yeah, I'll say Dirt. I'll say this. Last year, I wrote uh, a, a column in the NJPW year in ebook for Voice of Wrestling <laughs> called Bullet Club is Fine. <laughs> Let me tell you, Bullet Club is no longer fine. They are not fine, and I will not so be ain't riding. Gonna be no part two. Yes, I will ain't not. Be no part two. Yeah, part two no, is. I lied. Bo- they are not fine. They no, work. They worked part me. Two. Work. Part two is going to be Jeremy. Bullet Club is not fine. Yes, part two. They worked me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, next question from EMJ does P- uh, PR. We kind of talked about this. He says, "What is Dick Togo's role going to be in Bullet Club? They already have multiple heaters." Another oh, one, I, like DJ Khaled would say, and another. Like 
that's the thing. Like, MJ, I guess no one told you, but, like, this is basically WWE now. All we're trying to do is get heat. And that's what Bullet Club's trying to do. Heat. <laughs> oh, man. Next question from Maserati. Look, not good matches, not entertaining segments, not promos, not compelling personalities. Yeah, compelling personalities. Heat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the fans can't boo or anything. So, you know. Yeah, all this heat for no reaction. For the people at home to pretend like it was brilliant. <laughs> oh, this yeah. was so good. Galaxy brands. <laughs> uh, next question from Maserati. It will sound like a joke, but it's serious. Do you trust where Gato is taking slash booking NJPW? I still do. It's the aging roster and the need for new talent. I think that's hurting a bit. You can only shuffle people around too much. They probably want new people, but with COVID, their options are limited. Okay, so I will say this. Um, that's a great question. Can you guys think of any booker ever in history that has ever been able to stay as relevant, fresh, and creative as Gato for as long as he has ever? I can't think like, of one. Maybe the initial run of Hulkamania through, like, you know, Hogan first leaving. Like, But even then, like, that's like... You had all the advantages the, uh, that Vince inherited, essentially, from, you know, the promotion. But, but like, who was Gato's booking? been like, the guy. Like, he's yeah. been the guy to single-handedly rebuild something from the ground, essentially. Into but the reality is you look at, like, the great bookers, your Eddie Grahams, you know, Je- like, Jerry Lawler, you know, Jim Crockett. Like, all, all you know, Dusty, uh, Baba. Bill Watts. Right? Bill Watts. Like, there's a ton of them. And they have hot periods and they kind of fall off because there's only so long you can creatively keep, you know, with the resources you have and the way business goes, there's only so long you can do that. And I think Gato might be one of the longest tenured guys to ever have done it at the level he's been doing it at. Mm -hmm. I do think that it is completely possible in the near future that, and and maybe it already has started and we just didn't notice that it's already falling off. I'm not signaling the alarm and saying we're definitely there because I don't think that that's the case. I think a lot of this has to do a limited roster, down business, you know, situations like the pandemic that are outside of our control, you know, uh, a change to the schedule. There's just a lot that has happened. So it's hard to say, but I will tell you, them pushing evil is a key indicator of a big, completely being out of touch. And, I know we're usually like Gato's earned our respect and Gato, you know, has got enough goodwill that we can give him a chance. And we do. We have been year after year after year. And sometimes they pay off. But, you know, sometimes they really don't pay off as well as you think they would. We've said we've waited a lot of times. They haven't paid off. But I'm telling you right now, evil as a main act in New Japan is never and I will die in this hill. He is never going to be a main event player that actually has good, compelling matches in this company. He might have one with the right guy, you know, but he's not going to be any type of top star drawing act in this company. Never going to fucking happen. And it does concern me that Gato has decided to put him in charge of a company. You know, it's it's super alarming. Super alarming. Yeah. Uh, I alluded to it a little earlier. I think a lot of the matchups are long in the tooth. Uh, guys are lesser versions of themselves, uh, you know, from the last couple of years. And those guys have put their, their bodies through a lot. Um, and then that next class isn't 
the, the level of workers. Like, I'm sorry, you and Sonata are not, um, you know, the big four of like, you know, Okada, Tanahashi, like Ibushi, that they're not that they can't just step into it. So we're naturally going to be headed a different direction, I think. But I, I think people got to not like Josh was saying, you got to be not afraid to like to call someone to, to the carpet when it's like, hey, this move doesn't feel like it makes sense. It, it, regardless of like the, the awesome track record that you have, like you're not above being questioned. Like I feel like. Yeah. And I know, you know, probably a lot of people are probably listening and probably I'm like, man, you guys are pretty down on New Japan right now. And here's what I'll say. I, I don't like the evil push, and I think we've been pretty clear on that. But I will say I am not completely down on New Japan, some of the directions of the other divisions that are happening right now. We're, we're seeing an elevation of Hiromu Takahashi. We saw this elevation through the tournament, and now we're talking about it in a little bit. He's getting a double title match. He's gonna be, he's being treated as a big star. I like the elevation of Hiromu. I like we're finally getting the never openweight title, actually being an openweight title. Shingo defending against Sho. Shingo defending against Desperado. I like the I like Master Watto. Uh, you know, it might be a goofy gimmick, but he's a good wrestler, and I think that'll be a new wrinkle in the junior division. I like Dangerous Techers as a tag champions, and I think um, you know a series between them and Golden Aces could be pretty cool to help those titles out. Those are a lot of things outside of the main heavyweight title picture that I like, but obviously it's still that's the heavyweight title picture is usually the, your bread and butter, the main thing, and. So yeah, when your main course is being messed up, that is it's a little questionable. So yeah, I, I'm down on on the evil push, but there still are other things throughout the company that I'm digging right now. Yeah, and I I don't want it to be complete doom and gloom. Like I'm not saying New Japan is done, New Japan is dead or dying or anything. I think there are causes for concern. There's some cracks that need to be addressed. And you know, beggars can't be choosers. You know. Um, there are a lot of good things they're doing. And I think it's because of the circumstances that some of these things are happening. There's a lot of bad things too, that I think are happening because of the circumstances. So you do have to kind of cut them a little bit of slack, but I don't know, man, like this, this evil thing leaves a really bad taste in my mouth and sort of what Rich was saying, you know, one of the big problems with a company like New Japan and all Japan had the same issue going into the late nineties. And so did Noah. When you have a really, really strong core of guys at the top of your card and they're all time greats, it's really hard to, even if you're a great star maker, like New Japan has been over the years, it's really hard to instill the next couple guys to be ready to step into that role because the booking necessitates that they don't actually get there, you know, that you look at a guy like Juice, for instance, who has all the potential mm. in the world and could be a top level guy, but has con- constantly been pushed down because there's a log jam and there's, they're not ready to bring him up. Sonata too. Um, and other people of that, Abushi to some degree, you know, these guys yeah. who have what it takes, but, aren't given the opportunity because Tanahashi is not gone yet. Okada's not gone yet. You know, Naito's not gone yet. And, you know, the only reason Kenny Omega got the opportunity is because, you know, AJ uh, left. Yeah, AJ and Nakamura left. Mm-hmm. And if that hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't have got the Kenny Omega thing. And if we did, it wouldn't happen the way that it happened. And so that, that's kind of just what I'm saying is like, there are some new opportunities here. It is unfortunate that Evil's the guy that's getting that opportunity. 
But um, yeah, it's concerning. I think the future is bright. You still got Shingo. You still got guys like Will Ospreay and stuff. But a lot of these guys are older than you think they are on the New Japan roster. Mm-hmm. And you know they are trying to build new stars with these different dojo systems they have. And guys like Carl Fredericks look look amazing. But I don't know if they can replenish what they need fast enough to make up for guys like Ishii leaving and Naito and, you know, uh, Tanahashi and everything of that nature. Like it's going to be hard to kind of fill those gaps when, once it happens. And by the time Okada's in his late thirties, it's going to be like, all right, well, who's Okada like going to be out there with, because, you know, you could be looking at a Okada Renaissance run then, but you got to have guys ready for him to do it with. Right, and Rich, you guys touched on this on One Nation Radio this week with the the birth of AEW. That's definitely taking a blow in New Japan. A lot of guys that maybe could have gone to New Japan are going to AEW. Let's say that. Let's say there absolutely. Let's say there wasn't a pandemic and guys could go over there right now. I mean, we've heard Brody Lee talk about wanting to go over there. Who knows? Potentially Brian Cage could go over there, but FTR. Yeah, FTR. But obviously, these guys are getting locked down on these AEW deals and we know the partnership's not Trent. Trent, yeah. The partnership's not as there is no partnership between AEW and New Japan. Also there's guys like Moxley and Jericho who have it in their contracts that can go back and forth, but also they're top big dragging guys. Um and some of these guys I have to choose either or and you also if you live in the States and you can make good money, you're probably gonna go with AEW. So that's a spot I mean, you know, if there was no AEW, guys that are leaving gotta be now like your Brody Lees or your Brian Cages and all these guys that are FTRs and all these guys that are leaving places like they could have gone to New Japan and that could have helped as they develop their own guys. Last thing, last thing I'll say on this. um, All those points you brought up are completely valid, completely perfect. But the one thing I'm telling you right now is never going to have helped. Never going to have been a good idea. And like, I'm never this anti this negative on anything that they've ever done in New Japan since we've been doing the show in almost three years. Putting the fucking title and elevating evil <laughs> is going to be a big mistake. It is not all time. Off. It is an all time mistake. It is. Maybe Gato did this because he needed a challenge, and so he wants to screw things up again so he can rebuild again. Well, that challenge might be something that cost him his career at the end of the day. So, <laughs> look, that man already went in the Observer Hall of Fame last year and then laid it down immediately. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to fuck the company now. Uh, uh, you want me? To, you want me to ask this last question here? Yeah, go for it. Just a little bear zero one asked. I know late in the mail bin, but what do you have to say to people who would call the main event situation Russo booking a swerve? Just a swerve. I think they must not know New Japan very well. But your opinion is the hot take I need to hear. Stay healthy, guys. Um, I wouldn't say that this was a swerve. Just a swerve. I think that this was kind of always in the plans and that's what's concerning to me i don't think that this was reactionary booking entirely i think maybe evil going to bullet club specifically might have been reactionary i think the timing of it might might have been reactionary but something tells me because there's been rumors for a long time that they were always going with evil and always going to elevate him and that tells me that they have lost their damn minds because he sucks (laughs) yeah oh and also jeremy how long have I been saying that evil sucks on this show? For a while now. I asked like, a question last week. I ain't asked for no reason. Like, and, and he has his place. He's a player. 
but he's not a main event player, and this is a in mistake. the tag team division. Remember that time when he beat Shibata for the Never Title, and everyone lost their mind and said, "What the fuck is happening?" And then they, <laughs> and then they, and then they put the title back on Shibata seven days later, and everyone's like, "Okay, thank God." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I don't think this was Russo booking at all. I, honestly, I think the story it was, it was a good story of obviously you have a guy in a faction who wants to leave and break out on his own, kind of be his own guy. Uh, and I thought that they told a great story of how this all kind of built up to the turn. Like I said, I thought that the turn was executed very well. It's just the fact that it's evil uh, that they they chose to do the story with. I don't know what it is about Dominion now where they're going off the air with like this dead feeling in the air. Like they did it last year uh, after Jericho and Okada and then they're doing it this year. And it's like, yo, is, is this Gato's time to get his rocks off on us? <laughs> yeah i don't know but you know guys we we, t- we talked a lot about um dick to go and when i think about dick i, I think <laughs> of, i think about balls <laughs> and i think about manscaped <laughs> you know right next to the dick you know <laughs> Uh, guys, but seriously, Manscaped—they their engineering team has been working 18 months on perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Rich got it right there. We're looking at it. You're hearing it buzzing. This thing—the motor on this thing—is incredible. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes for a longer shave. Water resistant. It has the LED light. That illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more more precise trimming. It has the quiet stroke technology. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're hearing us, I want you to experience this for yourself. We want to make sure that your dick and ball area is better than dick to go (laughs) and evil. (laughs) Make sure, yeah, you do not look evil down below. Uh, so if you use our code SUPLEX at manscaped.com, you get 20% and free shipping. That's right. Use the code SUPLEX at manscaped.com and get 20% off your order and free shipping. You get to take care of yourself and you support the Social Suplex Podcast Network when you do that. Hey, it's kind of like Jerry Springer where he used to sign off the show and be like, take care of yourself and each other. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh moving on, we're gonna talk about the lineups for New Japan Road and Sogoku Lord in Nagoya real quick. So New Japan Road. The road. <laughs> so <The what? laughs> Road. Where are uh, we going? Road to what? <laughs> to New Japan. No, it's New Japan Road. Didn't that already happen this year? How many roads are we getting? <laughs> wow. It did happen this year. Was there a New Japan yeah. Road earlier this year? Yes, if it, the if it, if it, Shingo it, match. Yeah, that was New Japan Road. Mm. Yo, they need. Here's the other thing I don't get. Sengoku Lord is like right around the corner, so it's Summer Struggle. Why can't they just do Road to Sengoku Lord or Road to Summer Struggle? Nah, they're like, we're gonna do another road. <laughs> You know what I would love is if it was like New Japan Road Wild. <laughs> then I'd be down for it. <laughs> so let me run down this card really quick. So 
We have uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, so Tehoshi Kojima versus Yota Suji and Yoyomura. Gabriel Kidd, Ritsuke Gucci, Tom, Tomioka Hanma, and Togi Makabe versus Sho Yoshihashi, Toriano, and Tomohiro Ishii. We have Shingo and Sonata versus Despi and Doki. Okada and Goto versus Yujiro and Gato. In the semi-main, we have Tanahashi, Ibushi, Master Wato, and Yuji Nagata against Saber, Taichi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Minoru Suzuki. And then in the main event, we have Evil, Dick to Go, Taiji Ishimori against Hiromu, Naito, and Bushi. Hey, man, I don't know why they keep thinking that Okada needs to get revenge on Gato. Naito needs to get booked against Gato at some point. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? They're missing the boat. So, I mean, uh, real real quick, I mean, the big stories here basically look like it's uh, – a continuation of the evil and bullet club versus lij storyline um second from the top it looks like you've got golden aces continuing their feud with gold, uh, dangerous techers which we kind of you know alluded to thinking that was the case and then you also got master wato and kanemaru and suzuki and nagata which it seems like those are two singles feuds that are going to continue uh going forward um, speaking of Yuji Nagata, how about the cupping on him over the weekend? Yeah. I've never seen anyone with that many cup marks on their body ever in my life. Like, that was pretty bad. Man, recovering. That was like some Will Ospreay type of cupping. Old bones. <laughs> Third from the top, you got Okada and Yujiro, which seems like, you know, another singles feud going forward. And then uh, Desperado and Shingo. Um, does this mean Sonata and Duki are one of the next feuds? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Look, maybe that man is on the way out. <laughs> Bro, I'm not lying when I say I think he's on the way out. But uh, other than that, that the the rest, the other two tag matches seem like just random tag matches. So I think New Japan Road kind of sets the stage for the major future we're going to be going forward through Sengoku Lord and then even into Summer Struggle. But uh, I'm not excited for this show one bit. Like there's nothing on this show that is enticing to me at all. Yeah, I, I don't know what would – grabs like someone that's not a super hardcore and be like, yo, you need to see this. Like, it sounds like just more six and eight man tags. Yeah, definitely a a setup card for Sengoku Lord in Nagoya. So let's take a look at this card. So we'll have Taiji Ishimori versus Yuyu Yomura, Taguchi, Hanma, Makabe, and Kojima versus Ishii, Yano, Yotosuji, and Gabriel Kidd. Sho Yoshihashi, which I don't know if that's what was listed, but I don't know the state of his knee. Sho Yoshihashi and Goto against Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Kota Ibushi, Tanahashi, Master Wato, and Tenzan against and Nagata against Saber, Taichi, Suzuki, Kanemaru, and Doki. Then we'll have a singles match, the big singles match here. Kazuchika Okada versus Yujiro Takahashi. Will it go over 25 minutes? Probably. <laughs> yeah, it might. Then we'll have the Never Openweight Championship match. Shingo defends against El Desperado. And then in the main event, we will have the double IWGP and IWGP Intercontinental titles on the line as Evil defends against Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah, so um, that's one thing we didn't really address when we talked about Evil and um, Naito. So at the conclusion of that match, Hiromu Takahashi came out and kind of played you know, savior for Naito. And then uh, he cut a promo and his promo was basically saying things to the effect of like, why, you know, evil, are you doing this? You know, you know, what's going through your mind? Was it worth it? And, 
That's another thing. I, I want to point this out. Making okay? himself a meme. He was screaming and screaming on the ground and like flailing. And I understand that because it's Romu and his, like th- there is a charm to his character and it's within the confines of New Japan Pro Wrestling that people are going to be fine with it and even probably enjoy it. But I'm telling you right now, if this shit happened on NXT or anywhere else in the world, <laughs> they would be ripping it to fucking bits. And it only works here because people are willing to accept that it works here. But the reality is, is that it was one of the most cartoony looking things of all time ever. So uh, speaking of what do you make of the, what do you make the choice of them having Hiromu be the one to come out and not Sonata? I think it's a terrible decision to be honest with you. I think they're trying to play into their young lion story and kind of the rivalry they had as young lions. They are. So there's a lot between Hiromu and evil. Like in real life, they are supposed to be the best of friends. Um, Evil during uh, the time when Hiromu was out actually had added a red streak to his hair to represent Hiromu and then got rid of it when Hiromu returned. Evil, if you remember, was the one who was bringing his jacket out to the ring on many occasions to kind of commemorate and memorialize him when he was out with his injury. And like Jeremy said, they were young lions together. They had a big feud against one another. Like, they're probably two of the most interconnected LIJ members, you know, that there ever were. That being said... My big problem with this is that Hiromu is the junior champion. And right now he doesn't have a junior challenger. And then Evil is an upper mid-card undeserving title holder who is holding the top two titles in the company plus their co-owners of the six-man tag titles. So you've got four titles locked up in one feud, one match. Thankfully it's short, but like Hiromu's definitely losing to Evil who also is already an undeserving champion to begin with so this is going to you know people talk about like they're elevating Hiromu well if they have a great match maybe it will kind of elevate him but like he just went life and death with uh, Okada he just beat Ishii he just beat these other heavyweights and now he's going to lose to Evil right that's going to like a break the glass this feels like a break the glass in case of emergency situation and it, it seems like you know they have limited options, and he's the one they picked because they could feed him the evil. I don't Yuck. like the idea of the IWGP Junior Champion, who just had a he just had a shot at the uh, you know at the titles, and he got beat by Naito, so he's kind of out. I don't like the idea that he's getting a title shot and kind of suspending the junior title, and then he's going to get beat, and now he's going to be going into the junior division, coming off of a big loss to evil. I don't like that idea when Sonata was perfectly capable of being the, you know, Sonata yeah. was there. Shingo was there. Bush, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think this is a good idea. So questions on Hiromu question from, uh, the circle O podcast on Twitter. How do you see Hiromu's future in LIJ and NJPW in general? And also a question from at J-Bone Spookman. Thoughts on Hiromu going forward? Don't seem to be setting up main challenges for him. His run in the New Japan Cup showing against Okada plus reacting to the evil title win seem to suggest big things for him this year. Maybe. I mean, how much longer is the year this year? I mean, I just like that. That might be the case. But like 
if he's going to keep fighting heavyweights, he shouldn't be the junior champion. And the fact that they're not setting up title challengers is a little bit concerning for me. I think he should be in the junior division defending the title, not losing to Watanabe on a C-list pay-per-view. I don't like that idea at all. What do you think, Rich? Uh, I think that um, Hiromu, I think he's too valuable of a star, potentially, to to throw him out there without in a, in a seemingly haphazardly fashion. Um, this guy is one of the most special guys in pro wrestling, and it seems like you're using him to like serve evil. I uh, I'm not feeling it. Um, at this point, they might as well call him up. It seems like, but uh, I don't know. It seems like. Like the COVID nineteen is really like, like once they started mixing the juniors and the heavyweights, it's like okay, when do you pull that plug? Like when do you simply say, hey, you guys have to go back to the junior table now? But we all know who Romu Takahashi is a superstar, so he doesn't play by the rules of a normal junior. So he's caught in that place where we don't quite look at him as a heavyweight, but he's more than a junior at this point. So. I wouldn't have booked this. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough kind of decision here because I do think, obviously, with Hiromu having probably the most background with Evil going back to the Young Lion days and, you know, feeling hurt by the betrayal, I, I understand wanting to put Hiromu in there. And out of LIJ, besides Shingo, he's probably the best candidate to actually get some kind of a good main event match out of Evil. Mm-hmm. So from from a match quality perspective, I'm looking forward to it because maybe we can actually get a somewhat decent IWGP title match this year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I, it's I don't know. It's gonna hurt. It, yeah, it's gonna hurt Hiromi. And then, like you said, after he's done, he's just back in the junior division. It's like after he suffers that big loss. Uh, you know, I agree with you, Jeremy. I think that from a match standpoint this is probably one of the better uh, options that were presented out of the guys from LIJ. And they do have a great pass to build off of, so there's always that as well. Um, my big thing was that I was never... I, I didn't have a problem with Hiromu losing to the champion at the anniversary show when it was Naito. Because to me, Naito is like an esteemed champion who is seen as an upper echelon guy. The only reason I have a problem with it is that it's evil. If it wasn't evil and it was some other heavyweight champion, I'd probably be fine with it. That's the good news is I think ultimately Hiromu is like you said, Rich, so special of a uh, performer. Um, ultimately, I think he'll be be fine taking a a one time loss to the champion, and he'll be able to move on and pick himself up and still still remain over, and it probably won't be that affected by it. Mm-hmm. I just personally, I just don't like the idea that all these titles are tied up in this in this match you know it just kind of seems so convoluted and kind of shitty <laughs> <laughs> uh next question here from sir sam he says to uh he says uh to that point with covid placing serious strain on the roster are we going to be seeing more and more breaking down of the usual division divisional boundaries what are the pros and cons of this more chaotic roster yeah i, I think we're gonna see more of it uh just because it's necessitated um the pros of it is we're going to get fresh matchups that we haven't gotten in the past, which is something that new Japan has struggled with. 
the cons of it is in many cases you're already going to know the outcomes mm-hmm. and, and it'll probably long-term be damaging, not to the heavyweight division, but to the junior division. Right. Cause all those dudes got to go back with their tail tucked between their legs after they was humbled essentially. So they got to give, find a way to give some wins uh, to, to the smaller guys. I think that plus they won't really necessarily be competing against each other that often. So there might not really be a quote-unquote junior division at all, especially with there not being a best super juniors unless they unless something changes soon, you know? Right. Yeah, and also, like you mentioned, Josh, you know, one of the cons is, you know, having all these titles being tied up in uh, multiple feuds. Or multiple titles in one feud, I should say. There And, you know, there will be some people that argue at this point, like, hey, we've been saying there's too many titles to begin with. Maybe we can start getting rid of some of this stuff. And that's all fine and good and would make sense if the roster stays this way. But at some point, God willing, things are going to change and the roster is going to double in size again. And then what? <laughs> right. It's like earlier in the show, we were wondering what happens to show. It would be nice if there was an IC title for him to go, you know, chase after or, or a, another secondary belt. It'd be nice if he can just get challenged a junior champion. <laughs> yeah, that too. It'd be nice if he could fight the U.S. champ. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know if Japanese guys are allowed to challenge for that belt. That, that's the whites only belt. They're, they're allowed to challenge. It's not allowed to win it. Is, yeah. is the U.S. belt the TWM belt? No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, man. All right, well, that wraps up the, uh, the cards for those right, those lineups there for New Japan Road and Sengoku Lord. Uh, we have some off-topic questions we need to answer real quick and then recommend it. Before, we get, before we get to those real quick, I do want to say I, I caught the um, Lions Collision Project uh, number two this past weekend. Yes. Uh, I don't have a lot of thoughts to share on it, but what was the, the guy in the first match? Is, is his name Russ Taylor? Yeah. Russ Taylor. Yeah, he is really 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 good and i don't know where he's been hiding or who hasn't you know used him or signed him but he's incredible i mean literally incredible like he's high like they say he's been wrestling like 16 years he's super high level like yeah really high level and yeah if you guys haven't seen his match uh was him against the dkc um he just chewed up the dkc and i know the dkc he's from um santino brothers wrestling and he's really good and he made DKC look like he didn't belong in there with him. Yeah. If you guys aren't watching the uh, Friday show, like I would recommend it. It's two matches an interview quick watch. Like I love quick watch wrestling shows. It's like if new Japan did the uh, Billy Corgan power show. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I like this week's episode. Um, it was a little bit hard for me to get invested just because I'm not really familiar with Russ Taylor, DKC or Danny limelight. Um, but they were both good matches, and like you said, Russ Taylor, he's really good, and I think um, there's money in him in, in the future in New Japan. He's going to be the rock bed of the TWM division in New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's uh, go through these off-topic questions real quick. Um, so first from Reddit user WizFactor, he says, it may be a long time before all the foreigners are allowed back in Japan, if so, would it be acceptable if New Japan ran the best of Super Juniors this year with a smaller block? I don't care how they run it. They can run it whatever way they want to run it. We've thrown out plenty of ideas. Just do it. Yeah, I, I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, 
I think there's a, there's enough juniors there within the company, and then plus if they want to reach out to other companies, they can pull something together. Even if they end up doing like two blocks of six or two blocks of five, um, I would still like to have a best receiver juniors this year. Who did Hiromu Takahashi say he wanted to fight? Was it Daisuke Harada? Mm, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah, he was saying he wants to fight Daisuke Harada from uh, Noah. Yeah, like so. in the in yeah, and I mean he, I don't really know him that well, but he's supposed to be really good. So yeah, maybe yeah, bring some Noah guys in, bring some Dragon Gate, bring them all in. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Uh, next question from Red User Viking Pain. It says, "Well, it seems that the Good Brothers are pretty much confirmed to be coming back to New Japan. Where would you guys rank them in the tag division? And do you think God, do you think do you guys think Carl Anderson would get more of a singles run this time around? Perhaps Carl Anderson for the G One. Um, I mean, if they came back to the junior division or to the tag division now, they'd probably be like the number one tag team. Yeah, that's a real tag team. They probably win the belts like pretty fast." Uh, and Carl Anderson's in much better shape than he used to be when he was in New Japan before. So maybe getting them in a situation where you're like, hey, we trust you. This is a familiar place for him. Maybe you can turn the clock back. You think he wants to take all those chops and forearms? I don't know, bro. He might be fine in the tag division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how motivated he's he's going to be for a singles push. I mean, he's, he's very talented. Like Rich mentioned, yeah, better shape this time around. So It'd be interesting to see what they do with him if they do decide to do some kind of singles push. But, yeah, as far as him and Gallows, they would easily be one of the top teams in the division because there, there really isn't a division. There's only a few teams. And right. uh, um, I think, you know, they would have, you know, good matches with Dangerous Techards. And if Tanahashi and Ibushi are still teaming, they could have a good match with them. But essentially they're going to be the pillars of that division once things open back up. So, Jeremy, um, you can read the next one. When you get done, I have kind of boiled down the length of this question into a simpler format. So, <laughs> Okay. Uh, so this next question comes from our user, Life is a Dragon. It says, disclaimer, the following question slash scenario is just for fun. Problematic wrestlers should be disciplined slash fired, not shoot kick in the face. In 1988, Akira Maeda infamously shoot kicked Ricky Shoshu in the face. Whether this was on purpose or not, Maeda capitalized on ensuing notoriety by headlining a series of successful Tokyo Dome shows with the new UWF. Now imagine for a moment that you're Gato and you want a hot angle for NJPW of America once coronavirus dies down. Your top gaijin draws Moxley. Omega Jericho can't work for work U.S. New Japan shows. You have a top gaijin heel who's very over with U.S. fans but unproven as a statewide draw. A top gaijin face who's... Now, now one of the most hated active wrestlers in the English-speaking world and a bunch of other promising guys in talents who aren't big enough stars. Into your office walks Antonio Inoki, fresh off his passive-aggressive interview with Okada and seemingly back at NJPW's good graces. Side question, what's up with that? A, multiple, a, ver- a veteran of multiple ill-conceived shoot angles, Inoki suggests that you make a big-money drawing guys in star by having them shoot kick Will Ospreay in the face. That leads one question. Who do you book to shoot kick Will Ospreay in the face? To help figure this out, there are several more specific questions we can ask, such as who can actually pull off a good shoot kick? Who can defend themselves from retaliation if the shoot kick misses Ospreay, dodges it, or like Chelsea, he still wants some after being shoot kicked in the face? Must the anointed shoot kicker first be locked down to a long-term New Japan contract? Is someone like Rusev a possibility? Does a shoot kicker even have to be a gaijin? If NJPW willingly... Potentially, 
let willingly to let a potential Japanese draw like Shoto Umino mostly work the U.S. for long matches of this career. I think Jay White and Carl Fredericks are the safest options here, but there are many other interesting possibilities. Juice, Alex Coughlin, Master Wato. All right, so basically he's alluding to the incident that occurred in 88 with uh, Maeda and Ricky Choshu when Maeda intentionally broke Ricky Choshu's orbital bone, and that kind of led to the split of UWF from New Japan. And so what he is alluding to is that there's no real stars that are big draws in New Japan of America. So he's saying, hypothetically, he's kind of hating on Will Ospreay because he says, he, he talks about how Will Ospreay is like one of the top Gaijin faces, but pretty much hated over in the U.S., probably because of his Twitter game, I'm supposing. I think that's a lot smaller than like... people. Yeah, it's perceived to be a lot bigger than it actually is, I think, yeah. too. But basically what he's saying is, hypothetically, if you want to get someone over in America so that they can have a top draw, and Inoki showed up and said, let's do the angle, but let's do it for real as a shoot, who could hypothetically hurt Will Ospreay to get over? Which obviously would never really happen. Um, but if I was going to give an answer, my first two guys that come to mind, neither of them are Gaijin, but two guys, well, I guess one of them is, but two guys that I can think of. One is Kota Ibushi, because that mm. man was a K1 fighter. The other person who could probably do it and probably would, you know, I don't know if anyone would actually benefit of this from this in 2020. I think most people would think the person was a dick anyways, but, uh, you know, um, what's the guy from New Zealand? Hanare. Tohanare. Tohanare. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I would go Juice Robinson, maybe. <laughs> because Juice Robinson is a big guy. Like, yeah, if, he big. Wanted to, if he wanted to fuck Will Ospreay up, he could. Easily. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking, the first one I thought about was Ibushi. With all the kicks, that would probably be the person... Who knows, you know, Master Watto, if his, uh, you know. <laughs> you that trouble in paradise. Yeah, shoot. shoot trouble in paradise, this man. I just want to say this was a very long and well thought out question. Life is a dragon. Um, I don't know if I totally agree with the logic behind it, but, you know, uh, thank you for submitting it. A lot uh, are of we time. sure Zach Porter didn't send this in <laughs> other alias <laughs> asking us who would shoot? Look, is the answer to this secretly Zach Porter? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you someone who could shoot, kick Osprey and could beat him in a fight. Who? Me. Mm. I could beat up Will. I would beat the fuck out of Will. Osprey I mean, you you, you, you owe that man. Uh, yeah, uh, some you know. It's a long time coming. This long rivalry's been brewing. I would uh, tie that man up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question here from Reddit user Agent Wallby says, "Long time listener, first questions. Love the show every week. If you can take any current generation New Japan worker and transport them to another." Who and when would it be? Hiromu is my boy, so I would love to have him in the 90s Super J Cup slash Best of mm. Juniors against the likes of Prime Liger, Eddie Delphin, Hayabusa, Inject Grey Sasuke versus Hiromu into my veins. It's a great question. Uh, so, you know, let's just do it easy. You guys, who's one person from the current generation you would, you know, take to another period and what period would it be? Oh. So, I'm looking at the roster here. 
and we're talking current generation, so active wrestlers who are actively wrestling. So I would take um, Will Ospreay, and I'd bring him to 1994. <laughs> this is so arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll take Will Ospreay to 1994 and have everyone think that they're doing some crazy shit, but he's doing some even crazier shit. Okay. Nice. Um, I would take Shingo Takagi, and I would put him in the 90s as well and have him, you know, as a junior and have him in those kind of like what uh, Agent Wall be saying, have him in the, the J-Cups and Best of Super Juniors. I think – you know, Shingo versus Eddie would be incredible. And Shingo versus Pegasus Kid and, yeah, versus Delphin, all these guys. I think that would be pretty cool to see. I got another one. I um, would, well, let me go. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're going to steal from me. It's my turn. I would take Tomohiro Ishii and I would try to put him in some era where he might be able to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, but we're talking like Ishii working like he does now, but like back then. So like maybe in the eighties, like late eighties, like put him up against Choshu, Fujinami, and Vader, and just have him fuck them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can bring um, Yuji Nagata back and have him fight Anoki. You could have Yuji Nagata go back to his own time period because he's old. Yes. <laughs> he can go back to his own time period and do his career again. So he doesn't have to fight real shoot fighters and, and just be a wrestler. <laughs> and maybe the uh, company doesn't go under or oh damn gosh. near go under. Uh, next question from uh, Agent Walby. He says, I was also wondering if you guys had any information on the original failed incarnation of Wrestle 1 in 2005 that spawned the legendary Akiyama and Shibata war. Where did it come from and why did it end on the second show mid tournament? Yeah, that's so, all you, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it didn't end on its second show technically. So like the original wrestle one was a Kijimuto uh, brainchild. It was kind of like originally it started in like 2002, actually. It just wasn't branded as its own separate thing. It was kind of, kind of an offshoot of All Japan. And it was like these dream shows promoted by All Japan, K1, and Pride. And they would like have these. But like it, it wasn't like – how do I describe it? When you, when you include Pride and K1, it sounds like we're talking about Inokiism. But it was Muto. So it wasn't. It was kind of, he was calling it Pro Wrestling Love. So it was like – it's kind of like this wacky shit, actually. It's sort of hard to describe, but like there were these dream shows that All Japan was promoting, and then when he left All Japan, he kind of took that brand with him and held a couple shows afterwards. That's about all I know. I don't know why it didn't like really take off ultimately, but uh, uh, that's kind of the story behind it. They were just like dream shows co-promoted between those three companies. Gotcha. So yeah. Oh, also, if you guys ain't seen Akiyama Shibata, you need to see that shit. I have not. So yeah, I have to check that I out. I haven't. I've seen Bro, Nakayama like, in uh, Ken Kobashi. It's better than that. Really? Yeah. Uh, next question here from Kyle Martin. He says, since Moxley's first reign as U.S. champion ended due to an act of God, do you guys think he'll be stripped of the belt again, or can New Japan get away with Persona Non Grata? 
Mm, I'll tell you one thing right now. If that man doesn't lose the title, and I'm talking about the AEW title, if he doesn't lose it before October, he's for, whether he's the champion or not, he's not showing up to the G1 because they're not having the AEW champion lose matches in a G1 this year. Yeah, that is and, not happening. And that's, a, that's assuming hypothetically – that you know, travel restrictions would be lifted. So, like, um, I think he's gonna. I think they gotta strip him of the title eventually, because he's probably not coming back for a long time. Right. Or they could yeah. just they could just deactivate that belt. That belt sucks, anyways. He he should mail it to the LA Dojo, and they can use that for the Lions Break Collision. Nah, yeah. he, nah. He should he should do a BTE bit that's similar to like when um when. <laughs> When uh, Stan Hansen was in Japan and uh, Vern Gagne wanted him to send the, the AWA oh title back. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he ran over that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he mailed it back in pieces. Oh, that's what uh, That's what Mox should do. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, his second question, he says, I've been watching New Japan for four years now, and similarly to The Great Khali, JTG, and Eugene, I've been wondering for a while now, how is Bad Luck Fale still employed with New Japan? Like, has he got some sh- got some shit on Gato? Kind of like how Pat Patterson knows where the bodies are buried over in Stanford. Seriously, it's crazy, man. What do you guys think? I mean, he, the, the, came, wasn't he, didn't he come through the dojo? Yeah, he came through the dojo. He runs one of their dojo. Yeah, he's got a job for life. He runs one of their dojos over in uh, New Zealand. I mean, we could we could do a whole speech about how bad, you know, Fale has been the past few years, but it doesn't really matter. Like he's got a job for life, so that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Next question from Reddit user Turbulent underscore pi underscore six one four six. If New Japan decides to keep the title on Moxley, can you see Carl Fredericks potentially taking the US championship off of him in an upset moment, similarly to Tanahashi Okada Rainmaker shock, if bearing things start to improve in regards to the borders opening up to foreigners again? No. Look, if I was New Japan, I'd book that shit in a heartbeat. But uh, Mox would be like, I'm not getting on a fucking plane. Like, so. <laughs> you, think, you think John Moxley's going to do a job for the U.S. title in New Japan to Carl Fredericks? Yeah. Carl, we love Carl. He's doing great, but I don't think he's at the quite the level yet to be like beating a John Moxley. Carl Fredericks with his. With his earring looks like the sun in Rocky Five. That's so <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> no, I, I think Carl Fredericks I think Carl Fredericks could possibly be a future IWGP champion, which means it won't be him. It means it'll definitely be, you know, Alex Coglin. Coglin, yes. Clark <laughs> <laughs> Connors, you know. Uh, no, actually all three of those guys are studs and they all are better wrestlers than Evil already, so Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last question here from at Oscar Rooney on Twitter. If the pandemic continues for a while, will we see the other NJPW Western wrestlers in the Lions Break Collision at some point? I think we will see the USA Championship. I'd like to see him there. Probably not. Yeah, like, here's the. Go oh, ahead, Josh. I, I was just saying, like this was a, just a little project, and uh, unless they continue to expand it, I mean, they already recorded everything, and it was on short notice. And I don't know if they plan to continue to do that. And, you know, with, with the travel restrictions, let's say they do get lifted. Are the guys on the West coast gonna, 
fly to LA to do one match you know, on, on, the, a t- on the East Coast. That's what I mean. On the East Coast, fly to the West Coast to do one match on a taping that maybe like a hundred, you know, there's probably less. How many people do you think are watching those? Do you think it's oh in the hundreds or thousands? It's probably not even in the thousands. It's probably in the hundreds. Like 950 people watch this. <laughs> there's not very many people probably watching that shit. So, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it to a god to go over there to fight you know some guys from santino brothers wrestling or you know some some guys from the california scene i don't know yeah if they were to do it i think they they should make like a weekend out of it and just like tape a bunch of tv and do different feuds and angles and have like a couple months worth of like episodes of them featured on it and then why can't they do that shit over here do it in tampa they, I mean, they could. I mean, a lot of those guys are in Florida. Let's, you know, let's do a line. I mean, you break. guys can just convert the dojo over there. You know, you guys got a dojo. This is Shibataism. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up all the questions for this week. So, only thing left. But is- before we before we do this recommended match of the week, I just feel like this was a special episode. So, I just want to ask you guys: Do you have any final thoughts about the state of New Japan before we move on and and everything? <sighs> Or have we gotten everything out? Um, I'm I'm concerned at the moment um, due to that. Like I said, that roster's aging. I feel like they've already seen the best of times. A lot of these guys, um, they're not going to be able to replenish the cover fast enough, and we could be potentially headed towards a down period, like you know, quality wise, because like it's going to be tough. You know, to just keep asking them to produce at that level and then combine that with odd elevation choices like evil. This is the least enthused I've been about New Japan, maybe ever. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, like I said earlier, like I don't, I'm not, I'm not liking the current direction with evil as the double champions. But I will say, it, it kind of came off as a joke in the, the group chat, but. Even after Evil won, I did not feel as deflated as I did after WrestleMania 34. And, mm. and I don't know, maybe that's just because I, I ultimately have faith in Gato and he's hasn't really burned us that much since I've been watching and he's been such a great booker for so long that I'm thinking maybe there's going to be something good at the end of the rainbow here and maybe we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't that deflated and I'm just like, this was a, a bad call, but we'll see what happens. But like I said earlier, there are still other things that I, I like that's going on. I like the never open weight scene right now, like the tag team scene. I like the debut of Master Watto. There's a lot of things that I like that uh, are still keeping me hooked in right now. Yeah, and I guess I'll just kind of finish with this. I actually appreciate some of the things you said, Jeremy, because it kind of you know gives me an optimistic view of some of this. But um, ultimately. I think one of the basic philosophies of wrestling should be like you do things to try to elevate the parties involved, you know, from a business standpoint, creatively, everything. And um, I don't know how evil or I'm sorry, how Gato as a booker didn't see how this particular decision wasn't detrimental to – a evil b naito c the bullet club as a brand 
D, Hiromu. E, the four titles that are involved in the scenario. Six, LIJ. Seven, New Japan as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, it's, it's like some Rick Patino shit. It's like, you know, I do 2018, think- 2017, they walked through that door. I feel like if they were just gambling with Evil as a brand and gave him his own shit, then you kind of contain the spread of whatever positive <laughs> or, ne- or negative. Evil is COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, you kind of contain it. It's, it's social distance. But now because you're injecting it into these known brands and these known workers and you know, we didn't even really go in depth talking about how this is going to basically solidify Naito as having literally the worst title reign in IWGP history for the past like two decades. Literally. Ooh. Literally. Uh, 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 uh. And it's not his fault, but like, yeah, it's bad. Um it, it is it's detrimental to LIJ. Like, I know what they're trying to do, but it's like in them trying to elevate one star and in them trying to create new stories and in them trying to create, you know, this new opportunity, they kind of like sacrificed a lot to do it. And I don't think evil's the guy that they should have done that for. Yeah, I just want to leave it. And that's just what I want to leave it at. And anyone who thinks that they're not sacrificed, it, it's like, it's like those Avengers movies, a soul for a soul. When Thanos, <laughs> When Thanos had to get get the, the I know, soul I know Rich, you don't watch the fake, you don't watch the fake stuff, but like he had this glo- this gauntlet, right? He had to put these like jewels in there in order to get the final jewel to give him final power. They told him he had to do a soul for a soul. He had to kill a soul to get the soul stone, and they're like a soul for a soul. That's what this shit was. In order for evil to get the to get the <laughs> crown, it was a soul for a soul. And they they sacrifice. They're potentially sacrificing a fucking lot. And let me t- let me ask you. You guys might be a fan of Evil. You might be a fan of Lij. Is this the dude that you want the company's success riding on at the end of the day? When you think of all the talent that's in that company, is this the guy that you think could potentially carry them, even if it's just for months? Are you willing to gamble? your fandom and your loyalty and your love of new Japan on the shoulders of evil Watanabe. I know I'm not. Mm. That's it. I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. All right. Well, let's close now with the recommended match of the week. So last week, my pick was Tanahashi versus Prince Devitt from dominion 2013. And boy, what a pick that was. <laughs> yeah, I was I was I watched this earlier today. I had watched it in the past and while I was watching it, it was literally I was in shock because Jeremy, you've never and neither have I or anyone else on the show. None of us have ever recommended something that was so appropriate for the time. <laughs> the parallels between freaking Prince Devitt versus Tanahashi at Dominion. See, you thought you were picking it because you were like, it's juniors fighting heavyweights at Dominion. It's connected. But little did we didn't know last week when you made that recommendation that Evil was going to be the leader of the Bullet Club. 
<laughs> Imagine how crazy this house a week ago. <laughs> bro. Yeah, bro. This, this motherfucking evil is gonna be the double champion. What? You would have had to be. I was talking about had to be restrained. It, it, like, come on. The man. only funny thing I like about it is now I get to like in my mind because he's done this shit. I'm gonna start calling Watanabe. I'm gonna dead name him. Yes, Watanabe. <laughs> <laughs> But, bro, I was watching this shit, and, okay, a few things. The match is great. It's a short, easy watch. It's probably, like, 16, 17 minutes. The, the total video on, like, New Japan World is, like, 21 minutes. But, like, dude, the uh, the parallels between this match and what just occurred this weekend are so, like, shocking. It's kind of crazy. Like, in this situation, Bullet Club has just formed. Devitt has literally just formed the group. And this is his first big step-up match on a major show, which happens to be Dominion, against a beloved figure who is also his former mentor and teammate in Hiroshi Tanahashi. Does this sound familiar to anything that we just saw? (laughs) (laughs) And then he comes to the ring accompanied by his new faction teammates. It's a match that's filled with cheating. And, you know, Devitt breaks out and makes himself... One, basically the top heel in the company. Does this sound familiar at all? <laughs> <laughs> this literally was the blueprint for everything in the Bull Club that like AJ and like Omega and Jay White would do. And this matches the blueprint of how to do it 100% right. Like the way that they integrated, the, even though it's filled with cheating, it's brilliant cheating. And like Jeremy, you and I, we, re- we reviewed the, uh, excuse me, the Super Junior Finals for our project where he wrestled Alex Shelley just a few weeks before this. And that match was not so good, but this was like the opposite of this. They laid out every single like ref distraction, every single trip, every single bump, like perfectly. The guys who were out there were actively adding to the match. And they would pop up on the apron. Like it was like a whack-a-mole or something. Oh, and how she would move like lightning and knock them oh, down. Rich, like you watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Oh my God. And, and then, yeah, Tanahashi like selling properly, but then cutting off the heels and, and getting rid of the foes and then like regaining control. And then Devitt being competent enough to sometimes regain the match on his own without the cheating. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> and then when he was about to win and it looks like he's done it on his own, he hasn't. Tanahashi bests him and is about to win the match. And it, at the pivotal moment, the Bullet Club people on the outside interfere, op- creating the opening where Devitt is able to put Tanahashi away. And it doesn't take a million ball shots and chair shots and guy getting choked with a mask on and and you know a ref bump like it really just takes like one misstep and then you know the dangerous you know heel beats him like this match was fantastic you watch this and then you compare it to the dominion main event this past uh week and the only reason i'm comparing them is because they're so similar it's kind of shocking this match was awesome i would have probably gone like four and a quarter maybe i don't know i don't know rich i don't know where you were at yeah i'll probably say the same um Tanahashi was in such phenomenal shape. Oh my god, this man was a god when he came to the ring, uh, and it looks like they were in those old buildings that like, uh, like all J- or Noah would run in the early two thousands or whatever. Uh, like the the building looked familiar, and like they don't even shoot New Japan like that anymore. 
Yeah, you know who else was in great shape was Fale. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, I looked like a stud. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love the match. Uh, I thought it was a really good recommendation. Uh, I didn't want to watch it after having the bad taste in my mouth of this weekend. And then you recommended me a, a match filled with bullet club shenanigans and cheating. And I was like, fuck this. I don't, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to just pretend like I watched it. Tell me when I... But then I watched it. And, it was so like, it is. and I watched it and I was like, you know what? We were in a really amazing period in 2013. Like we really, really were. <laughs> this was special. Oh, my gosh. So that's it. Yeah, that's my, that's my re- uh, review of your match from last week. So, Rich, as a special guest, you're going to get to pick our recommended match for this week. What you yeah, got? So I had I had two matches in mind. Both of them involve evil. So, I'm going to pick this one um, from Dominion 2018 when Evil and Sonata faced off against the Young Bucks for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, I remember this being an excellent match and from both sides like this was like the the first time the bucks stepped up to heavyweight competition uh evil and sonata had had those belts for a while and they all worked uh really well together that night uh from what i remember and it was like one of the highlights of the show and um i'm trying to remember like the few good evil memories i have that was one of them yeah actually um that's one of those matches that was on an all-time great card that kind of yep. gets overshadowed because of how many great matches were there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to go back. I haven't rewatched it since we watched it live, so I'd be interested to watch it on its own in a vacuum to see how great I actually think it is by itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, I remember really, really liking that tag match. Yeah, being yeah, definitely one of the highlights of that night. And of course, you know, Young Bucks are in it, so. Of course, it's going to yeah. be great. Can't, can't, can't go wrong with the <laughs> can't, Bucks. Can't miss with know? that. So, yeah, looking forward yeah. to checking that out. So, yeah, Young Bucks versus Evil and Sonata. Dominion 2018 is the recommended match of the week. So, we'll come back next week with thoughts on that. Rich, Jeremy, how, how, how long did the show go? Uh, right now, we're at three hours and 16 minutes. Okay. Oh, Stone we're Cold. Fine. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rich, before you go, give us uh, plugs, anything you're working on. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I host One Nation Radio, uh, as you guys heard on the intro song. Um, uh, if you want to check out where you drop on Sundays, I recently released a new, uh, you know, EP of music and uh, song. is It's called Three Pack, and you find it on Spotify and any, and all that. I just actually produced um, a song uh, for Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Mike Montezzi, and. Um, that one is, uh, I believe, on Spotify as well. It's called 1017. It's the badge numbers of the officers that were responsible for George Floyd's murder. I have more music coming out with Swerve um, that comes soon. But besides that, you can holler at us, holler at me on Twitter at richlighter 32 or uh, you know, holler at us in the Discord uh, page. Nice. Josh, you going to say something? You know what? I... For some reason, I thought he still needed to do the recommended match of the week, and then I remembered he actually had done it, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. Also, real quick before we go, I know the fans at home won't, or the listeners at home won't be able to see it, but y'all want to see what Bushi looks like without a mask? Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shit's, shit's weird, right? Yeah, put that in the, uh, the Discord channel there. Yeah. 
Definitely. <laughs> well, anyway, anyways, uh, yeah, great, great episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, man, evil sucks. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this was uh, yeah, nice little venting session for us. So, yeah, man, I like old New Japan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so uh, next week we will be back uh, to review New Japan Road and give a preview for Sengoku Lord. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. You can connect with us on social media, on Twitter. The show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. Follow us at Social Suplex. Rich is at RichLadder32. You can also follow his show at One Nation Radio. On Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. And the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Instagram, we're at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I'm the Pro Black Guy. Y'all just keeping it strong style. You can also follow us on our Discord channel, uh, Social Suplex. You can find it on our uh, Twitter account. You can also email me, Jeremy, at SocialSuplex.com. Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by our guests, Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have Ricky and Clive, wrestling show from Scotland. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling. Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. On Fridays, we have Get In The Ring with Danny and Beast Mike. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Takaki Watanabe, you can go to hell. Straight to hell. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.